Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. of the United States. Who is this? Is it you again? Look behind you. This is my private line. How did you get through? They're everywhere. All the time. We see them every day. But you have to look behind you. There is nothing behind me. How did you get this number? The spaceman told me. What spaceman? It doesn't matter. They're telling you about monsters. Please, you must look behind you. Young lady, there are no monsters in the Oval Office. The loudspeaker spoke up and said, The loudspeaker spoke up and said, Lewis, and this is Ground Zero. The numbers you call tonight, 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. So I was uh, filling my news feed last night. You know, usually after the show, I... Uh, on Thursday nights, I get off the air and I uh, have to do a, I do a, uh, do a little mini podcast called "How the World Will End," and uh, take some time, you know, out of my schedule because you know sometimes I just like to hurry up, get some stuff done when I leave and go home. But I have to take some time to write uh, another uh, small column, anywhere between six and ten minutes worth of writing and uh, and then of course I go over my news feed so I can fill it up before I go and and I do it because I hope someone uh, realizes that what we put out is good news and not block us but I, I have a feeling that Facebook does that to us because it just seems to me that I get people complaining sometimes they don't get stuff from the, my news feed into their feed and and so I guess the way to do it is just subscribe so just go to the Ground Zero uh, Clyde Lewis Ground Zero site and subscribe and that'd be perfect, because <laughs> then you'd be able to get the uh, able to get the feed, and that way, you know, I spend my time late at night putting the feed together. Then you'll know what's probably going to be coming up in the next few days on the show, 
or maybe not. I don't know. Sometimes I get a wild hair and I talk about uh, something that's not in the news or something that's going to be in the news that I think will be a, a major news story. Anyway, there was this, uh, as I was saying last night, I was actually going through my news feed, and there was a strange story that caught my eye last night. I was uh, reading it, and I, uh, <laughs> it's funny, you know, when it's like 1, 2 in the morning, you let your imagination run wild, but uh, I figured uh, it, 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 letting my imagination run wild is something that I do. I, I'm not embarrassed by that. I'm not ashamed to say I have an imagination. I'm not ashamed to say I think outside of the box. And I think that's one of the reasons why you guys listen, uh, because I do that. Apparently, what I was reading last night, 40 homes in Ohio were evacuated after a man called 911 claiming that he had sustained radio frequency burns while building a small homemade nuclear reactor inside his garage. <laughs> I just, I mean, what do you say to that? Ah, oh, guy had cojones, right? He had the he had the sacks to take care of this. I don't know, but yeah, a guy called nine one one in Ohio. I think it was East Columbus, Ohio. Called nine one one after he well, he claimed he sustained radio frequency burns while building a small homemade nuclear reactor in his garage. Well, the man apparently, and so far from what I understand, he's unidentified. But the man was in his late twenties, early thirties. And apparently he was making a quantum physics generator in his garage. Because when he called 911, he started mentioning things like alpha waves and particle accelerators and capacitors. And uh, and that was his first call to responders saying, hey, I'm, I'm working on something where a lot of alpha waves are engulfing me, particle accelerators, something. And so, of course, you know, the, evalu- the, the evacuation order was issued because they're saying, oh, obviously he's, looking, he's working with something uh, radioactive. So several streets in the area, uh, about 40 homes tops, were were evacuated. Bomb squads showed up. Arson, fire, uh, you know, hazmat, you know, they all showed up. Medics showed up. Uh, They all thought, oh, my God, we're coming upon a radioactive scene. Well, apparently the authorities thought, you know, it it could be contained. But as as an abundance of caution, they said, they they basically evacuated the homes. Not that they worried that it was in, in any harm at all, but... Authorities were claiming that there was no hazard, but the caller claimed that he was burned by alpha waves, and authorities assumed that he was conducting a radioactive experiment. Nuclear specialists then showed up, brought to the scene, looked at the homemade capacitor, and said, uh, it's not that big of a deal. Said, uh, you know, oh, that's what they're claiming. Okay? They bring all these trucks, all these ambulances, everything, for just a homemade capacitor. Now, a homemade capacitor could be anything from something huge that could put out bolts like Tesla coil or whatever, or it could be something really small, like a battery. Okay. All you need is just two or more separate conducting plates, and bam, you have something that will store an electric charge, and that's what you got. Okay. So the man who claimed to have this capacitor or this you know, quantum generator or whatever it is, they decided that he was crazy. <laughs> okay. They decided he was crazy, so or they decided he was a little off. So they... Uh, they ordered that he uh, receive a mental health examination. And apparently he may face charges of inducing panic after authorities found that there was no hazard. But see, the thing that gets me is, is that they assumed there was a hazard. Authorities did that. He didn't. He just called and he says, hey, I got, I've got some burns on my body. And they claimed that he didn't have burns on his body. Okay. Even though uh, on one report that I had read that he had injuries on his arms. 
but they were not fatal injuries or they weren't going to be any problem. But then they said there were no injuries or no signs of burns on his arms. So, I mean, it depends on who you read, but uh, uh, East Columbus, I think it was, uh, I think it was WCMH, they said that there was nothing really. I mean, it was just, they evacuated as a, as a abundance of caution, they said, shelter in place uh, in other areas. So, the man who claimed to have this capacitor will undergo a mental health examination. So, I got thinking about that story, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, you know, <laughs> I'm laughing because they can't believe what I was thinking. I was actually thinking of Doc Brown. <laughs> you know? Back to the future, Marty. I was thinking to myself, Doc Brown. Uh, and, and that was something that triggered a whole lot of thought in my head. Because, um, I mean, why would he need a mental health a uh, examination? I mean, maybe, maybe he was going through something. Maybe they're keeping it quiet. Maybe he did have some... Flux capacitor to go into the future. Maybe you had something like that. Isn't it funny how Doc Brown sounds a lot like Bernie Sanders? I just thought I'd let you know that. I kind of felt like I was doing a Bernie Sanders impersonation along with a Doc, a Doc Brown impersonation. Anyway, so, yeah, so that's what I was thinking about Doc Brown and the, you know, the gigawatts and all, <laughs> all this stuff. And, and I, and I thought, but, but, you know, what if, I mean, what if this guy, you know, maybe he doesn't need a mental health. Maybe he was trying to actually do something. You know, like Marshall Barnes, right? You know, Marshall is trying to do something like this. I mean, he doesn't use, you know, nuclear stuff or anything, but he's he actually has been able to open up a what what would be called a dead spot where they with no electricity gets through. And he he demonstrated it for us here at Ground Zero when we were down in this, uh, the the uh, the audience uh, auditorium studio. And it was amazing what he could do. You couldn't. He couldn't refute the fact that he, it was just an amazing thing that he was doing. And so he comes on the show and he talks about how he wants to go, you know, back in time. So I can only assume, though, that this guy in Ohio was attempting to do something odd, like perhaps attempting to do something dealing with time travel, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the question remains, what was that guy trying to do? I mean, I know what the police say. You know? I mean, the police are still like... Yeah, what's going on? But I wonder what the, I mean, what was this guy trying to do? I, I mean, time travel speculation I know is outrageous. I admit that. But we know that Stranger Things have happened in the past, right? We've talked about, I mean, whenever, remember Stranger Things? Speaking of Stranger Things, Stranger Things, man, you watch that show and it triggers all sorts of thoughts about remote viewing and time travel and astral travel and and heck, they don't use, well, maybe they do, I guess. They use a lot of contraptions to get, you know, 11 over there to the other side or to the upside down or whatever. And then to hear that, you know, the Department of Energy does work on projects like this. And, but, you know, when you really think about it, there, there's got to be an element of uh, esoteric here. Because some of the power that you need to time travel is a uh, is probably as uh, you know com comparable as to what you use at CERN. You know, it's it's something that you know uh, you you got a lot of power. You have to slam particles together, and and, and they have like some uh, laser gun that they were going to be using to try and break through to uh, some sort of a I don't know. I was reading about that a while ago. I talked about it on the show. I can't remember exactly what it was. It was Oakville, it was Oakville, Kentucky, I believe. Oakville. Maybe, I mean, I may be wrong, but uh, they were going to use some sort of a proton gun 
they're going to fire something in a major power. I mean, that's a lot of power going into a wall. And they said if they'll be able to tell if they busted through to the other side of something, maybe the wall. But <laughs> I mean, there are time travel experiments going on as we speak. And, I mean, this has been going on since the 1940s. I mean, if you want to go back to Jack Parsons, if you want to go back to, you know, you know, the Manhattan Project was working on the atomic bomb. I mean, nobody knew that. And then you had the rogue labs that, you know, Jack Parsons was trying to open up a portal with, uh, you know, not only the esoterics that he learned from, like, Aleister Crowley and and you look at other people like Ed Kelly and, and, and John Dee. I mean, you're learning this magic where you can somehow move your body through time. And, and you need that added push, you know. And what that added push would be is something really powerful, you know. And that and that powerful thing was enough to to kill Jack Parsons. I mean, he killed himself in his own in his own uh, laboratory. He, he basically uh, blew up his laboratory and killed himself by accident. It's kind of weird. So, um, but you know, <laughs> there's another history story. There's another story back in 1994. Go back in time. A guy by the name of David Charles Hahn. We'll tell you about him. He, they called him the Radioactive Boy Scout. We'll, we'll tell you why coming up on Ground Zero. 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. I'm Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back. Ground Zero. So last night as I was thumbing through the, the stories that I put on my Facebook feed, I came upon a story that was I, I thought was pretty amazing. It was a, the story about this guy who had a nuclear reactor or something. <laughs> he said it was a particle accelerator. He said it was a quantum physics generator in his house. Of course, uh, a number of uh, you know authorities got a little weirded out by called an evacuation order for the area. And uh, so several streets in the area were... We're actually uh, blocked. 40 homes people were evacuated from. 40 homes. And uh, bomb squad, fire investigators, hazmat, all these medics rushed to the, the radioactive area, allegedly, the radioactive area. And then authorities said that uh, they just, you know, they didn't think anybody would be in harm, but they just uh, evacuated people out of an abundance of caution. So authorities are claiming that there was no hazard, but the caller claimed that he was burned by alpha waves. And it depends on who, I mean, it depends on, you know, what where you get the information whether or not he was burned or whether or not it was uh, a hoax or whether or not it was something else. But it's it still, it was kind of weird. I mean, the, 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 you know, they, they brought all of that, you know, all the trucks and all the, the, the people out there thinking it was some sort of a nuclear thing when, you know, it was something that could be simple. They said it was a capacitor of some kind. Well, okay, so that could mean anything. They didn't say exactly what it was. I mean, it could be a big battery. It could be something else. But they said that they wanted the guy to undergo a mental health examination because he may face charges of inducing panic after the authorities found that there was no hazard and no real problem. And I got to thinking, well, what, what, what is this? What's going on? Why mental health examination? I guess the guy, you know, wanted to draw attention to himself. But uh, I thought to myself, well, what if he was really, you know, building something or thought he was building something? You know, it's like Stewie and Family Guy. You know, everybody knows that Stewie has a time machine and, and no one knows where he gets his you know, he gets his radioactive material to make his time machine. And I know this is all fiction, but man, I'll tell you, at 2 o'clock in the morning, you start reading this, you're thinking, this is just weird. 
You know, and, and also there was another story, too, that I thought of when uh, I was reading about it. It was a guy named Charles Hahn, David Charles Hahn. And uh, back in 1994, he gained a little notoriety for attempting to build a homemade breeder nuclear reactor for a Boy Scout project. And he put it in his mom's backyard. It was in Michigan where he did this and put it back in 1994. Han is dead now, though. He died in 2016 and not because of any exposure to radioactivity. But they called him the radioactive Boy Scout. And it's because that he was doing this for his, uh, his, his nuclear science merit badge. You know, he, 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 he got real smart, figured out how to do things, and he was working on a breeder reactor. And, and when you think about that, I mean, what, a breeder reactor is basically a type of nuclear reactor that generates more fissile material than they consume. So they've been researched extensively for a long time, and a number have been built, but the approach has largely been abandoned. So, you know, how did he do this? Well, this is how he did it. He posed as a physics teacher, called himself a professor. Professor uh, Hahn, he said, and so David Hahn managed to engage the Nuclear Regulatory Commission's Director of Isotope Production and Distribution. His name was Donald Erb, and he got into a scientific discussion with him by mail. So whatever this kid knew, he was able to talk with some, you know, the, the isotope production and distribution guy at the uh, Nuclear Regulatory Commission. So Erb offered David tips on isolating certain radioactive elements, provided a list of isotopes that can sustain a chain reaction, and then imparted a piece of information that would soon prove to be vital to David's plans. He said nothing produces neutrons as well as uh, beryllium. So, uh, so he got the idea to use beryllium, and then David asked Erb about the risk posed by using such radioactive materials. And, of course, uh, the guy said, well, Professor Hahn, the real dangers are very slight. He says, since the possession of any radioactive materials in quantities and forms sufficient to pose any hazards subject to nuclear regulatory commission or equivalent licensing. So Hahn claimed that the nuclear regulatory commission also sent him pricing data and commercial sources for some of the radioactive stuff he needed to get in order to do this. And so an eager student was able to fake himself as being a professor and telling the guy, hey, I, I want some stuff to make my nuclear reactor. So what happened was is that Han was caught. Apparently he was driving along. Somebody said he was, somebody accused him of stealing tires. This is weird. And so authorities pulled him over. They searched his car. And Han said that I've got radioactive materials in my car. And so the authorities then called other agencies in, including the Department of Energy, the Environmental Protection Agency, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, and the Federal Bureau of Investigation. So um, it took nearly a year for Han's arrest uh, until the backyard shed was dismantled and cleaned up as a Superfund site. They made, they made it a Superfund site. So Han later served four years in the United States Navy. He served on the USS Enterprise, which, of course, ironically, was a nuclear-powered aircraft carrier. He also briefly served in the United States Marine Corps, and then he returned back to his home state. So, you know, that's how easy it is to get something like that, right? It's like... You know, so if this guy did have something in Ohio, they're not going to say anything. They don't want to have, they don't want to look embarrassed because this has happened before, right? This, this nuclear boy scout getting his hands on some beryllium and some other stuff. I mean, it's pretty, pretty bizarre how, you know, they got away with that, you know, and, and, and why were they using this stuff? Why, why do they want the nuclear fission available to do this? They don't want to blow up their neighborhood. They're doing it for other reasons. You know, that, that's why I speculate it could be for a lot of reasons, uh, you know. And for some reason, time travel just flashed into my head for some reason. I just, 
I don't know. It reminded me of uh, reading about Jack Parsons and what he wanted to do. You know, opening up doorways and going into other dimensions and something interesting. 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. I'm Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back. I'm Clyde Lewis. Have you ever wondered how I come up with a lot of ideas and some of the research I do and where I get my materials? Well, I'm going to give you an opportunity to have all those materials. Some past Ground Zero shows and other things that we've explored. We have a little library called Ground Zero Aftermath. It is an exclusive online library and resource center consisting of research material from the vault of Ground Zero. This includes rare PDFs of books, videos, and audio recordings, links, articles, and commentary used by me in preparation for each show I do. Webinars will also be included with your subscription. In addition, you'll gain access to our comprehensive and ever-expanding news outlet, Nucifer. So, go to Aftermath.media, that's Aftermath.media. Members receive a protected password via email along with weekly updates. Again, it's Aftermath.media, just Aftermath.media. continue to follow breaking news tonight there is a hazmat situation unfolding in northwest columbus not far from dublin nbc force dan perlman just got there dan what have you learned a man called them and said he had radio frequency burns firefighters say they are talking to that man right now out of an abundance of caution they have evacuated the homes they're making sure that there is no nuclear device in that home or in uh, any causing some sort of cosmic disruption and there's going to be heightened levels of alpha radiation but I'm going to need more specific readings. That's 877-733-1011. So you look at some of the budding scientists, they always seem to be fascinated with toys that are dangerous to the public. And while the incident with Han, 
and the man with the alleged radioactive capacitor. We were talking about uh, David Hunt, of course, the guy that's known as the the uh, radioactive Boy Scout. And then, of course, what happened in Ohio was interesting, too, about the uh, particle accelerator that was found, or at least that uh, was reported to be found. So, I mean, you know, you go out and you get these you know, these toys. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As we saw with David Hahn, it was interesting because he was able to pose as a professor with the Nuclear, with the nuclear uh, Regulatory Commission. And so he was able to get all the materials he needed to make his nuclear reactor. So I, I just stop and wonder sometimes, you know, there have been many incidents, I'm sure, that have been carried out in rogue labs. It's it's, it's not like it's, you know, it, the idea of time travel, uh, you know, to most people, <laughs> it's science fiction. But to a lot of scientists, it's not science fiction, okay? It's not, uh, they, they do this all the time. They, they, uh, they work on these projects all the time. And I, I think that, uh, you know, we've, we've covered this before. I know a lot of people tonight... You know, are, are like thinking, you know, that I may have lost my mind or something talking about time travel. But you look at the uh, what the Department of Energy does. And, of course, the Department of Energy was summoned when uh, uh, the, the Han uh, situation happened because they wanted to see if this guy had any, you know, uh, you know, he had how he got the nuclear material, you know, what he did with it, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, I remember, and we played the, the incident before. It was on the Chelsea Handler show. It was on the Chelsea Handler show that uh, there was this guy. Um, uh, he, he was the head of the, uh, of the Department of Energy at the time. Uh, actually, he was former head of the Department of Energy. And uh, he talked about a lot of things. He was on the Chelsea Handler show, and he talked about, you know, being a part of a, of a you know, he was Secretary of Energy. Ernest Moniz was his name. Um, he was Secretary of Energy, Ernest Moniz, and he was on to discuss climate change on the Chelsea Handler show. And uh, he he actually, you know, and, and this I'll, I'll say it again. He was he was being asked about uh, Stranger Things and whether or not Stranger Things was real. And this is what he had to say about it. I have a curious question for you. you. I don't know if you ever saw Stranger Things. Have you guys paid attention to this phenomenon? So on the show, on the show, they have a Department of Energy, and they spend a lot of time investigating a parallel universe. What can you tell us about that? I can tell you, first of all, that I've never seen it. But, but I'm aware uh, of it. Secondly, I, I believe this 
uh, fictional DOE laboratory uh, was operating in the 1980s. You can draw whatever inference you wish from that. Uh, <laughs> third, I will note that actually we do work in parallel universes. <laughs> wait, 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 what? <laughs> do you really? Is that... Is that yes. a... uh, it, uh... Okay. It, it, All right, so this took a little bit of a turn. This is what you call a cliffhanger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It turns out, uh, uh, actually the first question was about responsibilities, and I focused on energy, but we also had nuclear security responsibilities like the Iran Agreement. Mm. We are also a big supporter of very basic science, and that includes trying to understand the basic particles of nature and the structure of the universe. It turns out theoretical physics addressing that looks at things like Higher dimensions than three dimensions. So stranger Parallel things universes. was fiction for us, but autobiography for so, you. Uh, so <laughs> uh, we, uh, uh, but I will not get carried away in terms of some of the other things that happen. I believe. Uh, yes, in seriously. Places. I mean, I'm going to go home and drop some acid. <laughs> you know what I thought was ironic um, is the, the guests are on the show with Moniz. Uh, one, one of the guy was the guy that was the uh, one of the. Uh, guys in Fringe, one of the main characters in the TV show Fringe was about, you know, time travel and about that dimensional stuff. And then Don Cheadle, of course, has been, you know, involved with the, uh, the, uh, Avengers. And, and he, of course, you know, you do the whole time travel thing with the Avengers. So, you know, here we have somebody for the first time, someone in authority confirming that perhaps, you know, they're working in parallel universes, that they, they have the power to go into this upside down, I guess. And I'm using that as a term, you know, because that's what people are familiar with, because if they see stranger things, they don't know the inner workings of what's going on. And, you know, when you look at intelligence and how intelligence always provides a confidential information or you, you have to be on the inside to hear some of this stuff and you hear about you know, the stuff being passed through large corporations and you look at Dow Chemical, Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman, Raytheon, all these agencies and groups and, and, and companies where they hide all of this technology. And, you know, of course, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security is aware. The Marines, the defense agencies, the, the Navy, all the military groups, they're aware of what's going on here. OK, they know that these types of experiments are going on. So when somebody like, you know, some rogue guy is doing it in Ohio or some, you know, young kid who you know, is trying to get his merit badge is doing it, they don't have control over it. And so like, if some kid like a, like a budding Stewie Griffin decides, I'm going to open up a portal, if, if he, he's going to open up a portal and it's like, oh, my God, you know, this guy can do this. It's it's like that. There was a Geico commercial where this girl actually opens up a she creates like a wormhole vortex uh, type of thing. And I know that all sounds crazy, right? But when you hear people like Ernest Moniz say that, yeah, they work in parallel universes, then what kind of power are they using to do this? I mean, to make a breeder reactor. I mean, you know, when David Hahn made his breeder reactor, he basically posed as a professor. The Nuclear Regulatory Commission didn't even uh, bat an eye. They even sent him a bill of sale for some beryllium, some other things he needed to make his thing. You go back to the 1940s. Okay, go back to Jack Parsons. He wanted to travel to the moon, but back then it was impossible. So what did he do? He read pulp science fiction and he was about 20 or so. And so he started building rockets in his backyard. And then he went along and he basically co-founded the Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena. But Parsons wasn't satisfied there. He also wanted to travel through dimensions in order to discover unknown worlds. So what was Jack Parsons? He was an occultist. He was a follower of Aleister Crowley, John D., Edward Kelly.
And he was constantly trying to mix what would be called the magic and the science, the occult and science, in order to leave this earth without rockets or time machines. He wanted to be able to do it on a spiritual level, on a, uh, on a mental level. And that's always been, you know, the question, is time, I mean, they're making all these machines to go through time and space. They have CERN to basically break open a wormhole, if, if, if they're so lucky, turning up the power and keep doing this until finally we're, we're turning to a burned out cinder, if you want to quote Klaatu. I'm just saying, the scientific establishment always seems to poo-poo these ideas. But, you know, they think all this stuff is impossible, but you look at the track record. Of people like John D. and Ed Kelly. Here we have, you know, Victorian era magicians, uh, sorcerers, wizards, uh, alchemists, whatever you want to call them. And they made great claims. They said, well, we've opened up the windows to heaven. We've, we've created a whole new alphabet that we have to sing to talk to the angels. It's, and they come through and we use some of their, some of their wisdom and some of their knowledge so that we can, uh, you know, conduct our espionage, you know. And, and so they were saying, we have contact with some of these beings. Of course, Aleister Crowley had contact with beings, and, and they were con conducting these you know, ceremonies where they were going through time. You heard uh, Joe Roop on the program. We were talking about Rosicrucians and how they're time travelers, how they know how to do it. Now, how do they do it? Now, they can either do it using you know, machines. Uh, they can do it using colliders. They can use it during, uh, doing, uh, during a capacitor or something like that. But when you go back and you read about the Ordo Templi Orientis, the OTO, Aleister Crowley's a cult group. And how they learned magical rituals, and, and of course, they empowered sigils, like I was talking about last night. They, they used sex magic. Uh, L. Ron Hubbard was part of the group. Robert Heinlein actually uh, knew, um, knew uh, Parsons. And what they do is they conjure up elementals. They'd uh, you know, bring in spirits. They would conjure storms. And then, you know, Jack would make rockets for the military during the day. And then at night, he basically did these rituals. So... When they found out that, you know, Parsons was mixing some of his occult magic with uh, a lot of the science, the FBI removed his security clearance. And when that happened, his career was just done. It was over. And so he, uh, I think he was working on a movie set, or he was working in the movies at the time, and uh, there was some uh, charges, uh, dynamite or something, I don't know what it was, and he basically took the powders and he mixed them together and his idea was that if he could create enough power like a, he could use an explosion explosion would be able to open up temporarily a, a wormhole or something and he could do with magic and, and and of course it's madness but he actually did this and he died doing it he was 37 years old he was working in his home laboratory in Pasadena where he blew himself up he was doing something called the Alamantra working uh, Crowley was Crowley was very pissed uh, he was off, pissed off, angry at him because, uh, you know, he was he was so obsessed with wanting to go to these, you know, other worlds. You know, he he was just a weird hub of disparate disparate worlds. He, he was a science guy, a science fiction guy. He he loved the occult and, and very little was really known about him. And he was pretty much, uh, you know, mostly a footnote in, in, in the history of, well, I mean, they actually named a mountain after him on the moon. But when he blew himself up in his lab, there was some that speculated that he wanted to use explosives and esoteric rituals in order to open a wormhole in time. I mean, everybody's had this crazy idea that 
they can go back in time or go forward in time and they can use explosions or nuclear power or something. And maybe they can just do it by astral projecting or traveling in some ethereal way. A lot of possibilities when you're talking about quantum physics and time travel. 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. I'm Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back. Seven 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 three three one zero one one. I go to Josh in Oregon. So, Josh, you're saying that popular mechanics talked about how to do this stuff in in 2001. I had to look it up, but I remember having a subscription back in the day. 2001 at 9/11, they showed how terrorists for 400 bucks can build an EMP. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of these, these, you know, you talk about you know the guy in Ohio and Michigan and stuff like this, you know. Years ago, you could buy kits from Sears and whatever, and I think they're just working on their own deal that eventually are on the, on the, the bleeding edge of what we don't understand yet. Yeah, I mean, it, they could be they could be making a weapon. They could be making a, a number of things. The only thing that's different about the case in Ohio, as from what I understand, is the the place where uh, this guy had this so called reactor or this capacitor was in a fairly affluent neighborhood. Actually, they were uh, you know they were. You know, they're not too rich, but not poor either. So, you know, whatever this guy was working on, he had the power, he had the money probably to invest in it. Uh, you know, well, if you look at if you look at Tesla um, back in the day, I mean, he was crazy smart, but I don't think he had the technology. Uh, be, could you imagine him now? And if you your reference to Back to the Future, I mean, when Doc Brown got the last back in the eighteen hundreds, he had to work with what he had to work with. Right. You know, even though, it's, you know, it's just a movie, but who knows if what Tesla was, you know, if he was just so far ahead of, in his mind of everything or, you know, the, some of the myths that he came back and, you know, he's trapped in time, came back. Yeah, well, he mentioned that when he was in Colorado, I believe. He, uh, he did an experiment where he touched two wires together and he said that he felt that he had gone through time, both past, present and future, simultaneously. And that, that information that he kept in his records were the same, you know, records that were taken by Donald Trump's uncle, which, you know, are, it's peculiar that, you know, we have all of those connections. But, you know, he, you know, and then, like I said, Ernest Moniz says what he says, the Department of Energy says, oh, yeah, we, we're in experimental universes. We go to parallel universes all the time. And, you know, and, and, and people are trying to tell me, well, he was just kidding. No, he wasn't kidding. He was, he was basically straight faced telling those guys because they were just floored by what they were hearing. And, and ever since, I mean, I always use that interview as, as proof because this guy is, you know, higher up, he, you know, especially during, you know, the Obama administration, he was a higher up. And, and so they were doing it, you know, probably even earlier than that. And of course, Montauk, we've talked about that. We've talked about, you know, the time experiments they did there. Some of them were part of this, uh, jumping stage it was uh, project stargate i mean this is the military this is what they're doing but, the, but yeah go ahead oh don't forget don't forget another little project that took, that took place in ohio you know in terms of the and with the wright brothers of flight mm-hmm. you know yeah i mean everything yeah and, and so you know what science wants to do is is not only we have the rogue labs and people like parsons in the 40s and 
this guy in Ohio and Han in, in Michigan. Yeah, these guys are working on these things in their own labs because they're mad geniuses. They're working on these things. And one day we wake up and bam, we have a guy with a whole new breakthrough on how to open a wormhole. And and that's the thing is that, you know, and, and Parsons was working on that. He was working on that and the esoteric nature of it, going through the mind into time. So, and, and, and I find out too, I, I don't know if you know this, but, you know, CERN is actually going to fire up again. And they're looking for the X-17 molecule, the X-17, which is the fifth force, which, of course, if they do that, what's that? I said, just wait till they open up stuff and they can't put back in. I know. It's like, why are they going after the fifth force? The fifth force is supposed to be mythological. Now they're going to go after it? I guess it's not mythological anymore. You know, they go after the fifth force? Come on. The X-17 particle? And guess who else is doing it? China. They're going to do it, too. And they're going to have a collider that's seven times more powerful than at CERN. Okay? So, you know, the race is on for time travel. The race is on for dimensional discoveries. And that's, I think, a fascinating thing. 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. I'm Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Spinning complacently in the darkness, covered and blinded by a blanket of little lives, false security has lulled the madness of this world into a slumber. Wake up, an eye is upon you, staring straight down and keenly through, seeing all that you are and everything that you can never be. Yes, an eye is upon you, an eye ready to blink. So face forward, with arms wide open and mind reeling, your future has arrived. Are you ready to go? The loudspeaker spoke up and said, And this is Ground Zero. The number is to call tonight, 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. 
last night I was finishing up my mini podcast I do called How the World Will End. Every once in a while you check it out on SoundCloud. It's also all over, heard all over, including the Fringe FM, the network there. They, they play it every once in a while. And as I was uh, finishing up, I, I always load stories into the news feed, into my Facebook news feed. The reason why I do that is because, you know, someone out there has got to be seeing the news feed, even though I know that Facebook has been known to block some of the things I send out. But uh, as I was going through stories, I stumbled upon a story that uh, I, I thought was rather interesting. Uh the, uh, there was this uh, headline that said, Ohio man sparks panic and 40 homes were evacuated after phoning 911 to say that he had been burned by a homemade nuclear reactor in his garage. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Nah, I thought, ah, oh, it's crazy. <laughs> no, this guy. Uh, it, was, uh, it was in Columbus, Ohio, I guess. A man said he was building a quantum physics generator in his garage. So they called a bomb squad, arson investigators, medics, uh, hazmat, all showed up. And, of course, after all was said and done, they said, well, the guy, I think, is a little crazy. He needs to get his mind checked. So he's going to undergo mental health checks for, you know, for phoning this in. But, you know, it was the authorities that overreacted. This. I, I, what had happened is when they arrived, they did an investigation. And they said, well, there's really not much of a hazard. What he's got here is he's got a homemade capacitor. Now, a capacitor could be anything. It could be as you know, small or big, or it could be a battery. It could be anything. Um, like a battery. It just basically stores electricity. It's a, it's a, it's what it does. And so, um, it wasn't a nuclear reactor, they said, but then they thought it was a nuclear I don't think the guy said it was a nuclear reactor. That's what's so frustrating about the story is that he never said there was a nuclear reactor. He just said that he's had, had alpha waves burning his arms. Uh, and there was some that reported that, yeah, he had burns. Another reported, no, he didn't have burns. And there was no threat. So police, you know, are like going, well, what was this guy trying to do? And when I read that story, I thought about uh, another story that I read a long time ago about a guy named David Charles Hahn back in 1994. I don't know if you ever heard of this guy from Michigan. A uh, young kid, David Charles Hahn, uh, they called him the radioactive Boy Scout. And, of course, you know, his story is kind of uh, bizarre. What happened was is that he, they found that he had a breeder reactor, a nuclear breeder reactor in a shed in his mother's backyard. And the reason why he had it was because he wanted to get his uh, nuclear science merit badge. 
And as we said, and, and he said that the way he got all the materials is he basically pretended like he was a professor, and and he he contacted a guy named Donald Erb, who was a scientific, uh, it was one of the directors of the Isotope Production and Distribution of the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. And so he he posed as a professor and talked with him about uh, some of the radioactive elements he needed, and and he asked him to provide a list of isotopes that could sustain a chain reaction, and of course. The guy obliged. This, this David Herb obliged. So when, when, when he asked David Herb, when David asked, uh, this, this Donald Herb about the risk posed by radioactive materials, the guy just said, well, Professor Hahn, the real dangers are very slight. Since possession of any radioactive materials in quantities and forms sufficient to pose any hazard is subject to nuclear regulatory commission or equivalent licensing. So what Hahn did is he claimed that the nuclear regulatory commission sent him pricing data and commercial sources for some of the radioactive stuff he wanted. He purchased it, and so he built this this uh, breeder reactor in his backyard. And, you know, who knows what he was trying to do with that reactor? And who knows what what the guy in Ohio was doing? And, 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 and it's funny because when I heard that he needed mental evaluation, I thought, I wonder if this guy thought he could time travel. I wonder if this guy thought that if he was going to store all this power and he had these, you know, alpha waves that he was trying to time travel and he went about it the wrong way and so they think he's a little nuts. But see, budding scientists do this all the time. I mean, they're fascinated with toys and they don't care if they're playing with dangerous toys or, or things like that. I mean, look, as long as the public doesn't know and as long as they can keep the incident pretty much under wraps. I mean, like with Han, for example, they had to go in and they had to make uh, the shed in his mother's backyard a super fun site. He was arrested, but then they said, okay, what you can do is you can serve some time on a nuclear-powered aircraft carrier. So he was on the Enterprise for a while, and then, of course, he was in the Marine Corps and then returned back to his home state. He died, though. Uh, he died of alcohol po- poisoning, I guess. He drunk himself to death. But the thing is, is that when you look at these scientists and what they do, I mean, back in the 1940s, we had Jack Parsons. Now, Jack Parsons was an interesting character because he, he wanted to travel to the moon. But in the 1940s, science said, that nah, impossible, we can't do it. So, you know, because he read a lot of pulp science fiction and he was reading, you know, all sorts of things about, you know, going to other worlds. And, and so here he was in his 20s, building rockets in his backyard, inventing the science of rocketry. And then he went along with... Uh, uh, you know, he went along with it for a while. He co-founded the Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena. But Parsons wasn't satisfied with that. He wanted more. He, he wanted to travel through dimensions, and he wanted to discover unknown worlds. And he wanted to do it by using uh, the occult, uh, some of the rituals of the occult. Uh, Aleister Crowley, Ed Kelly, John Dee, those, those guys. He wanted to mix what he called magic and science, and he wanted to do it so he could leave this Earth without rockets or time machines. Okay. Didn't need nuclear reactors, didn't need all that. But, of course, he was working on other things when he was with the OTO, which is uh, the, Order Templ- the Ordo Templi Orientis, which is Aleister Crowley's group. And he learned all these magical rituals. He, he learned about sex magic. He learned about empowering sigils. He worked along, uh, alongside people like L. Ron Hubbard and Robert Heinlein. And he conjured up elements and spirits and storms and all kinds of things. But... You know, when they did something called the Babylon working, they were trying to open up a doorway to let something in. And there was weird, you know, theories that they let something in. But see, here's a guy, Parsons, that was part of this, you know, this weird hub of seemingly disparate worlds. I mean, he was, he wanted to be a scientist. He was a scientist. He's a science fiction reader. Um, He was into the occult. And he used science fiction as, as his base to jump off and, and, and become a, a guy who would land on the moon without rockets or a guy that would 
end up in other dimensions without anything. Well, you know, this type of obsession got him into trouble. So, he, you know, he basically uh, was so obsessed that he blew himself up in his laboratory. And there were some of the speculators that he wanted to use these explosives and a lot of esoteric ritual in order to open this wormhole in time. And, and, and you know, some of these theories, you know, have been brought up and, you know, the, 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 talking about the detonation of, like, for example, the atomic bomb and how that could have opened up a wormhole in space-time. Uh, I mean, when Oppenheimer's bomb was set off in New Mexico, Enrico Fermi said, well, I'm going to put a wager, and what, I'm going to wager whether or not the bomb would ignite the atmosphere and cause a chain reaction where, you know, the, the universe itself could, you know, fold over and, and fall apart. Well, some people say that's a myth, but still, I mean, when you, when you look at what is going on, opening a portal or, you know, trying to, you know, go through space-time, not using rockets, not using any of that, not using uh, spaceships, not using um, explosions. I mean, some people say that, you know, it's been done before the military has been involved with it. And, of course, we've talked about the Montauk Project and we've talked about, you know, Stranger Things and how there's a lot of reality to that. The last hour, of course, I played you the, the clip where Ernest Moniz, who was with the Department of Energy, said they do play in parallel universes. The last time I talked about quantum physics and quantum anything, you know, uh, superposition and being at two places at once and finding your way around in this esoteric world, I uh, talked with Jason Quitt about this. And uh, I hadn't talked to him for a while, and I wanted to bring him on tonight to talk about this. So... Um, just want to let you know, we're going to come back with uh, Jason Quitt. Uh, he's the author of Forbidden Knowledge, Revelations of Multidimensional Time. Uh, he, he, uh, he's a graduate of the Institute of Energy, Wellness, and a student of Alan Gonquin shamanism. He's a lifetime experiencer of the fringe, paranormal, out-of-body experiences, uh, experiences with entities, portals, UFOs, all that. Uh, and when you find out more about Jason, when you talk with him, he takes you all the way down into the rabbit hole of consciousness with the hopes of, uh, of bringing back knowledge and, and having that knowledge really settle in with you. So we're going to bring him back after the break right here on Ground Zero. We're going to have uh, Jason quit with us. We're excited to have him on. You can call in tonight, too, 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. I'm Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back. Of the program, we have Jason Quit with us, and uh, he's been on the program before. We gave him a great introduction before we went to the break. I didn't want to start the show out of the break until I had uh, Jason on at least for a while to talk to us about his experiences and what have ha what has happened to him. and And I met Jason back at uh, Contact in the Desert, and when we had a show, he was live in the studio. We really hit it off, and we were able to discuss uh, pretty, you know, I actually down to earth. Uh, you know, discussing some down-to-earth ideas with regard to time travel, with regard to uh, the esoteric nature of it. I mean, we've talked with Marshall Barnes about using science and, and using, uh, you know, machinery and technology, but there are other ways, too. And so, Jason Quitt, welcome to Ground Zero. Thanks for having me back. It's good to have you back. I hope you, I hope you had a fine holiday. I hope you're doing well. I know you've been touring a lot, and you've, uh, you've done a lot of things. I think, though, the most important thing now to talk about is... You know, here we are, we're on the verge of something. We're on the verge of not only technologically 
uh, breaking through to these dimensions. But there have been many people who have seen themselves as shaman or otherwise uh, those who have uh, done, uh, you know, trance-like travel or whatever, what have you. And they've gone through time. Why don't you just start off by telling us your experience you've had and, and, and how you've uh, found yourself in, in different areas? Sure. And um, what I'd like to say is that um, I kind of came into this spontaneously and naturally. Um, I didn't expect these things to happen to me. They just unfolded the way they unfolded. Mm -hmm. um, basically, in my early 20s, I had a, a sleeping condition called uh, sleep paralysis, which uh, many people actually have this where you go to sleep at night and you wake up. You're totally aware and conscious, but your body is paralyzed and frozen in bed. So it's a very um, scary, terrifying experience uh, that you have with this type of condition. And what happened was is that this was happening almost every single night, at least once a week or twice a week, three times a week. And basically, it felt like... Um, there was something else inside my body. It's the only way I could describe this feeling. It felt like the body becomes almost like a sarcophagus and you are inside your body moving around. It's almost like you have another body within your body. Mm -hmm. And this um, was very strange. It was a very strange feeling for me. But as this was occurring to me, I could sense that I wasn't alone in my bedroom. It felt like when I was in these sleep paralysis moments, um, there would be something in the room, walking around the room, and I could feel that presence. So it was very unsettling for me. But one night, I just couldn't take it anymore, and I tried to wake myself up, and I pushed myself completely out of my body. I had my first out-of-body experience in my early 20s. And I rose out of my body, just like uh, a near-death experience, so I could see myself laying in the bed. And at the um, foot of my bed, I saw a being there. And this being looked exactly like what we would call the Grim Reaper. Mm -hmm. It was a giant uh, shadow, almost like a cloaked being with form. And... At that moment, it was like a real slap in the face of reality because this wasn't a dream. This was something beyond my comprehension. Um, and I just honestly felt like I just died, uh, that I've left my body. There's this being here to take me somewhere. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that, didn't that put you into a panic? I mean, it would put me into a panic. I'm thinking, my God, this is it. This is what I've read about. This is what happened. It's exactly that. It's like this is exactly what I've seen in the movies. I'm dead. I'm floating above my body. I'm going to be taken by this being. I was freaking out so much. I was panicking. I was extremely terrified. And I got sucked back in my body and I woke up. And this is how it all started to unravel for me. Right. <laughs> it started with that initial experience. And after that initial experience, something inside of me changed. It was almost like I got this uh, taste where I got this initiation into this other world, which you know we can call the astral world or the fourth dimension. And once I've entered that world, it was almost like something inside of me got unlocked and I was able to actually reproduce sleep paralysis myself. I was able to put myself back into these um, medit through meditations. 
and I could wiggle myself out of my body and I'd end up in this astral world. Mm -hmm. And this is where everything really started for me. And this is where I started to learn that uh, the world that we live in is not really uh, what they teach us about in school. It's a much more complex, multidimensional system. Right, right. It is. I, I, uh, I just remember I've never had really an out-of-body experience in my life. Uh, but there was one time where I was at contact in the desert and there was a group there that had this, I don't know what it was. It was something you put your hands on and, uh, you put your hands on, you close your eyes and uh, all of a sudden you start seeing these colors and everything is like, you know, the beautiful lush landscapes and trees and, and bushes and stuff. And what was really weird is that as I was going through this, I ended up in this place. And, and, and again, it's like something that, you know, you, you just can't imagine you'd, you'd, uh, you, you'd have because it feels like you, you, you've died or what they say you feel like when you die. So I was going through this area and I went through all this brush and out of, out of the brush, out of this lush green, uh, bushes and things, I saw this place and it would, it looked like a, a great temple. It had spears, you know, spires. It had, it had, uh, you know, uh, columns and everything. And standing there were these very tall beings. I mean, they were super tall. And they were all in white. They looked like they were white tuniced. But I couldn't make out their faces. And as I moved closer, I decided I pulled my hands off. I didn't want to go any further. And the reason why I didn't want to go any further is because I was worried that if I did, if I talked to these beings or if I ran into these beings and shook their hand, I would have died. I, I, I just, I, you know, you, there's only so far you want to go before you wonder if this is, you know, what was going on with me and my hands on this machine? Why was it doing this? Was, was it inducing something electromagnetic? Was something going on? But I vividly saw, and it looked like I'd acted as though, it felt as though, that I had traveled to some dimension that I was, you know, it was it's completely, you know, unexplainable. I just can't even go into detail. It's, it's just how bizarre it is. I'm sure, you know, since you've been through it, uh, that, uh, you know, it, it's hard to describe it totally, the feelings and the ideas. Uh, it's it's just a remarkable experience if you have it. Jason quit with us tonight on Ground Zero. The number is to call 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. Back with more from Jason right here on Ground Zero. Don't go away. On the phone with me is Ronnie from GetTheTea.com. Hey, Ronnie, it is the tea that makes you go, I know this because I use it. My favorite is pomegranate. What kind of flavors are there to choose from with this wonderful tea? You can do pomegranate. You can do just the straight, which is real good. Um, and also we have a, a mint, a peppermint. People really love that one, too. And we have a couple new flavors on the way, which I will not discuss yet, but we're, they're coming. You know, a lot of people don't know that peppermint is a very, very good supplement to keep the stomach happy. It uh, relaxes the intestines, and once again, it makes you feel better because it allows them to uh, to move around and get that stuff out of you, that bad stuff out of you. Absolutely. Uh, this is a digest mover. So people have a hard time digesting stuff, or you get something stuck, or maybe you're a real heavy meat eater. Uh, nothing wrong with meat, but it does take quite a long time to get through the stomach. So um, the tea is wonderful. That's why it's tagline, the tea that makes you go. If I want my life to change and get the tea, where do I go to get it? GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. Fantastic. Time. 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 Time.
Once again, it's time to take a look at the wheel, geek back into history. Anything wrong with the Wayback Machine, Mr. Peabody? Very changing the fan belt, Chairman. I guess we won't be going back into history then, huh? Oh, no, And with the mind, tonight Jason Quinn is with us. We're so happy to have him on the program tonight. He's been on the program before. Just a, a mind-blowing journey, always, with Jason Quinn. Of course, he's the author of Forbidden Knowledge, Revelations of Multidimensional Time Traveler. And uh, certainly, uh, when you meet him, you just understand that, yes, this man has been through a lot. He is, uh, and, and we were hearing how it all began with uh, sleep paralysis for him. And then, of course entity uh, entity that looked like death or the the, the 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 image of what we call death you know leading him around and and then of, of course uh, you know more uh, experiences so beyond the um, the sleep paralysis you were saying you were able to put yourself into that mode was it was it a trance like state or what was it that you did to get into that 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 mode again it's actually it's almost like an in between state between waking and dreaming so if you kind of meditate and consciously put yourself to sleep at night, there's a, a very small window where you can feel the body shutting down like the body is now going to sleep, but the mind is still actively aware. And when that happens, there's this window where you can actually will yourself or I would say struggle, push yourself out of your body. And um, that is what I was doing at the very beginning of this because once i got a taste of this initiation into this other world the only thing on my mind was how do i get back there and i did this through it's almost like a meditative practice of consciously falling asleep at night i would say it's like a meditation mm -hmm. and then once you enter that space where you can feel that body shutting down you can then will yourself out and this is what i started to do um I didn't really know exactly how or why or I just knew I had to try to do it. And at first I would pop out and just kind of get a feel for it because it's very different than, uh, you know, you get a vision of, let's say, like the astral body or leaving your body and you're a physical, you're like your physical self. But for me, it wasn't. It was like you were just energy. Um, you, you don't really have... A br you don't breathe, <laughs> you don't have a mouth, you can't speak, and your vision is almost like 360 vision. So it's a different type of uh, feeling to be in this other uh, space. So at first, I was just kind of playing. I would just leave my body and uh, check out my bedroom. So I would look at objects, I would float around. I was always um, nervous. I didn't really want to venture out 
further than the bedroom because I didn't know what exactly I would find out there. But eventually, I did start to get a little more brave and, and check out outside the bedroom. And this is when the experience started to change. It's almost like I attracted a being into my life. Um, it's the only way I could describe it. Uh, basically, uh, I would go to sleep at night and I would be awoken out of a dream, for example. Uh, I'd feel something reach inside of me and pull my astral body out of my physical body. And in the room, there would be a being. And the only way I could describe the being is um, a humanoid that was invisible. Uh, it looked exactly like what you would call, uh, you know, the the movie The Predator, how it had this camouflage oh, yeah. where you could see through it. Exactly. But yeah. mm-hmm. you couldn't make out any forms. So this is what these first beings that I experienced look like. They just look like humanoid bodies, but uh, you could see through them. Anyways, what they would do to me is they would never communicate with me. Uh, they didn't say anything to me. All they would do is take me out of my body and they would shoot me up into outer space. So I would travel um, through the roof, obviously, of the house I was living in, up into outer space, and I would see the earth getting further and further away. And once we would reach a distance in space, I would be pointed to a location on the planet and I would be shot back down to the surface. Now, when I landed on the surface, I found myself... Um, in a location that I did not recognize. And it looked like a, a war zone or I was showing end of the world scenarios. And the only thing that I could go through in my mind was this is the future. That's the only thing I could think of. Um, I didn't think I was in the past. And in fact, when I did see things like people or technology, it, it definitely looked like something recognizable in our future or very near future. Um, and then once I witnessed whatever these beings were trying to show me, they would come back, pick me back up off the surface. I'd go back up into outer space, back down through the roof of my house and back in my body and I would wake up. So this is how I first started to get into this um, time travel idea that when you leave your body, when you're in this outside state of the fourth dimension or astral state, uh, time and space does not really exist like it does in the three-dimensional space of the physical body. So we were able to jump between um, this time and other times. And it was the only way that I could understand what was happening to me is that I was jumping through time and that uh, these experiences, they were showing me different events in the future. Um, but then again, I don't know exactly what I was shown. I don't know if it is our future. It's the only way that I could describe that experience. I mean, if you speak, if you speak along the lines of the, you know, the new quantum physics ideas, they say that, you know, no timelines are secure. I mean, each timeline's different and, and each time, uh, something changes, the timeline branches off into something else. I mean, the whole, idea of the of the grandfather uh theory uh, or the idea of uh, the going back in time and killing mom and dad or killing grandpa doesn't apply anymore because then you would basically create a new timeline we did a whole show about what was known as quantum suicide where uh you know you could go back in time and kill yourself but then again you'd never exist in that timeline but you could exist in several other timelines 
So going through all these timelines, I mean, you're right. There probably wouldn't have been any definitive uh, time or, or date or anything uh, that you could uh, actually uh, grasp or, or could you? No, no, I, I couldn't grasp anything at all. And um, from my continued experience in these areas, I have co- reached a very similar conclusion to what you just said, is that these are parallel timelines. And I wasn't, I feel like I wasn't seeing the future. I was actually seeing the present. I was seeing something that was occurring right then and there on a parallel timeline. Exactly. But you know, there's a whole idea of the, the bubble theory, where there are bubbles upon bubbles. It's like if you watch a boiling pot and you see how the, the, the bubbles roil across the, the, the water. It's the idea that we have several of those types of bubbles that simultaneously are around us. And so, yes, you could be uh, you feel like you're in the present, but you wind up in the present, but the present is a different present. It's a different timeline. It's like uh, I remember once I was watching the TV show Fringe, which was a, a science fiction uh, show about time travel and about multiple universes. And the thing that really got me was is that during that program, uh, they were in the present, but they were able to bridge over to another dimension that was in the present. And in that present, the Twin Towers existed. That uh, they were they didn't exist on the other side, but they existed on that side. So it was almost like there is this bridge, and it's got me to thinking about Einstein's Rosen Bridge and the idea of the vortices that you can go through a wormhole, and it can be the same time, but what you're doing is you're experiencing a different dimension. Completely agree. And, you know, at first, when I started to go through this process, obviously it's out of body. Obviously, I would say that it's in another dimension. But it was very curious that the first experiences of this. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It was out of the body, up into space, and then from space back down. It seemed like it always had to follow that pattern of going into space and then going back down. But the strangest thing is it changed. It changed into I didn't have to go into space anymore to do these jumps. And what would happen is I would leave my body and in the bedroom itself, these portals would start to open in different locations of the bedroom and the astral body would be taken through those portals. Okay. I'm trying to figure out if there was some sort of a, you know, because you're saying you take it up in space and brought back and maybe it had something to do with the sun. Maybe it had something to do with going around the sun or going out into the boom. There's a boomerang effect of time. Uh, of course, uh, you can talk about Mobius strips. You can talk about all these things that talk about how you can go through a loop and then the loop kind of flips. And so you have this boomerang effect. Uh, and, and there you have the, uh, 
uh, you have this different universe altogether. I think they call it the Godel universe. It's a, it's the Godel universe idea where you do have to go out and then come back in order to somehow change the the dimensions. Uh, I think it's called the Godel universe or the Godel universe. It's a it's a German time travel terminology. Anyway, Jason quit. Fascinating. Jason quit with us. I love time travel because I, I, I read about it all the time and I love reading about it. And I know a little bit about it and just enough to have a conversation, I guess. 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. You're listening to Ground Zero with Jason Quit. We'll be back with more. Don't go away. break i uh i looked up the godel metric it's called the godel metric uh it's the curves in space and einstein thought that it was possible to fold space time creating a shortcut between two locations and so uh the rosen bridge or the godel metric or i mean just go down the list of all the things it's called einstein had this idea uh, special relatively time is relative okay depending on how fast you're moving if you go to, uh, there's a book, and, and actually we put this book tonight, if you want to go to the uh, aftermath.media, Time Travel in Einstein's Universe. We put the whole book available to you now at aftermath.media. That's aftermath.media, Time Travel in Einstein's Universe. Basically, this is the thing. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but time travel is already actually happening. I, I know that Jason says that he's had this experience. He had to go into space and come back. But think about this for a moment. Astronauts that live on the International Space Station are actually moving faster than the people on Earth, right? So this means that astronauts age slightly slower in space than they would back home. So uh, there was a guy by the name of uh, Gennady Padalka, and he was a cosmonaut, and he arrived back on Earth uh, in 2015. And he broke the record for the longest stay in space, which was about 879 days. So when, uh, when Padalka came back from space... He found that the Earth was one forty-fourth of a second to the future of where it was supposed to be. Okay, so this was published in the book *Time Travel in Einstein's Universe*, and apparently, uh, you know, people say that he was late to things because of this. He, he was he's still trying to adjust to it. So he actually has gone ahead in time. So you know, Jason. That could be an ex a reason why you were taken up in space and brought back down because it actually, if you read Time Travel in Einstein's Universe and the idea of the wormholes and the Rosen bridges and also Godel's metric, you'll find that, yes, you have to go in these curves in time in space in order for you to either, you know, come back at a different time frame or at least in the present with a different dimension, which is bizarre. And also, uh, there's a physicist named uh, Jack Scudder from the University of Iowa and uh, this is pre-2012, actually, and he um, was studying the uh, geomagnetic field of the Earth and mm -hmm. the relation to the solar winds. Yeah. And he found that when the, those two things cross, the solar winds and the geomagnetic fields of the Earth cross, it creates uh, a portal which allows um, this doorway to open up between the Earth and the sun. So this was studied back then, and I believe they sent up uh, two or three um, satellites to study this effect, and it actually uh, was proven. That now they can't um, they can't uh, figure out exactly when these portals open. All they could detect is when they open and when they close in space. 
does this have anything to do with, you know, magnetic field? I mean, I know the magnetic field is weakening, and I know that, uh, you know, these things are happening. But once again, I mean, I, I'm still, every time I talk to you, I'm still baffled because I know you probably don't know any of the stuff I'm telling you except for some of it. Because I know that, I, you know, I, I throw this stuff at you, and I'm sure, I mean, you and I both, when we talk, we both look at each other and go, whoa. Uh, but I'm, I'm telling you, you know, I don't think you knew anything about the Godel metric, did you? Nothing. Nothing. No. You knew nothing about this book uh, that we're, we're uh, talking about tonight, Time Travel in Einstein's Universe. You didn't know anything about it, right? No, of course not. Okay, so for those of you that want to know more about the book and, and how what uh, Jason is saying is sound, okay, it, it, what he's saying, is even though it's out of body and even though he's gone up into space, he claims and comes back down, one of the things that's interesting about what he has to say is, is that it's the same that goes for the astronauts, it's the same goes with anyone else, that if you read what J. Richard Gott had written, and he's a Princeton physicist, a lot of what Jason is saying is making a hell of a lot of sense. So, time travel in Einstein's universe, available now, we have the PDF version available now at Aftermath. Dot media. That's aftermath.media. It's the Ground Zero Library. You need to go there because, you know, you'll be able to read about how this works. And, and certainly, I mean, I know a lot of this can go over people's heads, but it's a mind blower when you talk with somebody like Jason who claims that they've been time traveling, you know, through out-of-body experiences in there. And, and then they have these details. You're like going, well, this mean anything. Of course it does. Goodell metric, time travel in Einstein's universe, aftermath.media. Aftermath.media. More from Jason Quinn the next hour. We're going to take your phone calls as well. 877-733-1011. We'll be back. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in paranormal talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now, the Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination for the past, present, and future. All coexist on the same timeline, where happiness is an illusion. This... This is the future we are in right now. Where our phones are the first things that we touch when we wake up. The last thing we touch before falling asleep. Radiant, seductive screens we so love endlessly gaze upon. Much like you're doing right now. Welcome to a future where our true reflection is only revealed once the screen goes dark. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it. Enlightening.
Floyd Lewis, and this is Ground Zero. The numbers to call tonight, 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. Jason Quint is my guest tonight. A mind-blowing journey, talking about his experiences and how they match up with a lot of the... A lot of the... Uh, I guess you could say theories and other presentations regard to time. We talked about the Godel Matrix, which, of course, uh, curved timelines, traveling into the past, present, future, simultaneous time. Talking about astronauts going ahead in time, those who are on the space station, basically coming back and and uh, understanding that the Earth is one forty-fourth of a second to the future of where it's expected to be. Because uh, astronauts age less in space. Uh, this was first brought out by uh, J. Richard Gott, who's a physicist at Princeton. The book is called Time Travel in Einstein's Universe. Now, this book is now available at Aftermath.media. That's Aftermath.media. It is a subscription. Go to the library and you can read this book. Uh, this is that uh, future travels, past travels, bouncing off from each dimension. I mean, when you look at astronauts and subatomic particles being sent at a fraction of a second into the future, that's some interesting stuff. I mean, we're not there yet with technology, but a lot of people believe that we're there with the occult and, and how science most definitely is interested in how some of these age-old occult practices that were once hidden, and I'm not talking about evil, I'm talking about just the hidden practices, what some of the, uh, the ancient shaman with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We're involved with something like, uh, I don't know. Uh, like out-of-body experiences, astral projection. And, of course, uh, Jason Quinn is the author of Forbidden Knowledge, Revelations of a Multidimensional Time Traveler. And we're talking about his experiences, and he was talking about, um, you know, how his experience was that he found a way to put himself into sleep paralysis. And then from there, he said he had to go up into space, then come back down to location. He didn't know whether it was past, present, and future, but he got the feeling there was a different present or a different dimension that he was in. And uh, which is fascinating because then it brought up the Godel uh, metric. It brought up what we were talking about earlier about uh, about how space seems to have these curved timelines and you're just going in and out of these bubbles. And so what we're dealing with here is we're dealing with a time where science is so fascinated about this that, you know, their frontier is beyond space now. It's it's space time. And, and you know, Jason, I, I, we were having a discussion uh, during the break about the frontier of science that appears through the veil of occult of the occult. It's it's that's what they want. They want to go in and find out what the shaman and the master magicians and the prophets of old did in order to to leave the earth. 
I completely agree. And when I start reading these papers and reading what uh, you know quantum physicists are, are talking about, it's like this is the world of the shaman. This is the world of the occultist trying to open up a doorway into those other worlds and try to communicate or connect with or even manifest some type of intelligence through those other worlds, through those gateways. And, you know, when we look at uh, CERN, when we look at these colliders and, and what we're trying to find, these forces of nature, uh, this is what has been talked about for thousands and thousands of years. And they've tried to create rituals, to create a, an energy, uh, to bring uh, specific beings or uh try to even manifest beings into the physical world. And you hear stories of Crowley, um, you know, manifesting uh, different beings into the physical world. And I think this is possible um, with the right type of ritual, the right type of energy, the right type of space. Mm -hmm. And science is now trying to figure out these forces of nature that will allow that opening, that portal to open to allow that other information to pass through. And like I've said with uh, the out-of-body experience, once you've entered outside of this three-dimensional space, right. time travel is possible. It See, has these characteristics. And what's interesting is, is that we, a long time ago, you and I talked about this, about panpsychism and how... You know, scientists are looking for what is consciousness. They're looking for having to raise the level of consciousness, how to fine-tune or alter our level of perception. is something that they've been looking into for some time. And, 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 of course, we've had different people like you and others who have said that they've had glimpses of these altered perceptions, and many have witnessed the reality of dimensional maneuvering. And, and that's an indication there are worlds within worlds within worlds, different doors of perception, like William Blake said. I mean, he said something about the doors of perception that... And that's where the doors got their name from was William Blake. But see, these were the thinkers of the past saying, yes, temporary glimpses of these altered perceptions, temporary glimpses of these places that could be worlds within worlds, dimensions upon dimensions, have fascinated humankind for thousands of years. Like you say, we go back as far as well, the ancestors going as far back as, you know, uh, taking some like ayahuasca drug or something and they're actually uh, their minds are, are changing and they're going into different dimensions. I mean, this this is exactly what they've been experimenting with uh, decades ago. Yeah. And even just simply the shaman with the drum, just having a beat at a specific rhythm places the mind in a hypnotic state that allows it to enter into altered states of consciousness that is the gateway and doorway to these other worlds. Sure, and, and, and I know that, uh, I mean, it's not far-fetched. I know a lot of people think that, you know, that a lot of what we're saying may be a stretch, but think about this. If it's so far-fetched, and you know this, and I've talked with people who have been involved with this, if it's so far-fetched and so crazy, then why do governments invest in mind expansion, mind control exercises, why did they do, uh, what, the experiments with the 1st Earth Battalion? There was a military group that actually uh, worked in these areas, remote viewing. Uh, all of these things were part of, of, of the military, and they're still doing things like this, underground uh, you know, psychological operations dealing with this type of uh, mental telepathy, time travel, psychokinesis. I mean, it's all part of the program. And some people, you know, they get all f freaked out about it saying, well, this is something of the devil, but it's really not. It's something that we were meant to do and that even uh, anciently they did it. And I think that's a real problem is that um, we have this kind of belief system that anything outside of this world, um, anything into the occult is 
is 100%, let's say, the devil or demons or something wrong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we could uh, very innocently stumble upon these altered states of consciousness. We could innocently come in contact with beings that are outside of the three dimension. Mm -hmm. And it has nothing to do with uh, God or the devil or anything like that. It just has to do with we live in a world that's a multidimensional space and that even living physically in the physical form, there are parts of ourselves that are actually interacting in that multidimensional space. Exactly. And this is why the occultists use different rituals and different energies to communicate and to uh, call in those spirits or call in those energies uh, just like the ancient shamans. It's exactly the same thing. They would create that energy within them and around them through ritual. Right. Uh, either, either through music or, uh, medicine or different things. And these would open up the spaces to bring in these different beings. And I've experienced it in the physical world too. Um, and I did a, um, what we call a doctoring or in a sweat lodge. Uh, and it was a very, um, I'll call it a secretive type of ceremony um, in the middle of the Canadian forest in a real sweat lodge with the, na the natives. Mm -hmm. And as I was in this sweat lodge, it's completely sealed off. It's 100% dark. And you have the, uh, the, the grandmother and grandfather stones burning in the center. Right. And I'm telling you, in that darkness suddenly that world is visible to you. I felt beings walking around inside of there. Um, I could feel them. Uh, you, it, it's, it's insane. That's all I could describe that you could physically set up um, through ritual. You can set up a space where now these beings are physically real and you can sense them and feel them walking around inside this, um, space and it's I, I, definitely not a hallucination i i understand i was uh there was uh i can't remember what they call the omnicrons there was uh uh dr larry johns was an associate of ours uh we haven't been on the show for a long time but he did a show that was very successful with us a long time ago and he had given me something called omnicrons and what these omnicrons are they they look they look like i don't know they look like something you'd find on the stairs of your home but they're not they, they were these special uh wooden um I don't know what you'd call them. They were these special wooden post type things. And inside them, he said, was like this special um, mineral. And what's interesting is he said, if you put them in uh, towards a certain poles and stand between them, he says it would give you good energy. He said, if you set them up in a dark room, you could probably see right with them. And I said, oh, sure, whatever. And so what was weird was, is we went into a dark room. He put the Omnicrons there. And I got between them, and sure enough, I closed my eyes, and he said, how many fingers am I holding up? I could see him holding up those fingers. You know, you did one too, Wes. Wes was involved in the Omnicron experiment. Uh, my board op, he was nodding his head, that uh, the Omnicron experiment that we did was uh, amazing. And it was because of the fact that we were talking about the p potential for psychic phenomena and how there are things that the military and others know about Domestic intelligence applications are used. They used it uh, when they had the uh, Stargate project. They had the, um, uh, what was it, the remote viewers who were able to uh, see things, and they were actually spying. It was this type of, um, you know, spy that was, this spy stuff was going on where they were doing this. And then, of course, there was a lot of time travel stuff going on then, too. And for those of you that want to do this research, and I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, 
Jason is the real thing, and I'll tell you why. Because if you look at all of the programs that have been written about and have been, uh, you know, have been used on people without their knowing and also people that have applied, you can look up this. Take down these uh, quickly while we before we go to break. Gondola Wish, G-O-N-D-O-L-A, Wish, Gondola Wish, Grill Flame. These are all projects by the government. Gondola Wish, Grill Flame, that's G-R-I-L-L-F-L-A-M-E, Center Lane, Sunstreak, and Scanate, that's S-C-A-N-A-T-E. And these were all programs that were done where they certainly were using the mind and the, and the occult to get people to leave their bodies and time travel. Look it up. Once again, Gondola Wish, Grill Flame, Center Lane, Sunstreak, Scan 8. We have more coming up from Jason Quid right here on Ground Zero. And your phones, phone calls, 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. We'll be back. Jason Quit is with us tonight on Ground Zero. Of course, he's had experiences that you can only describe as time travel. However, he does say that he feels that these time travel experiences are present experiences, but they are in different dimensions, as uh, he has explained. And, and I, I know that uh, there are programs where this has been done. I know programs that have happened. I know the backgrounds of these programs, the military, the DIA, a number of people, Department of Defense have been involved with this type of stuff. And uh, it is possible. But see, here's the thing, though. You know, I think what they're trying to do, as you said before, you said that the, the, the frontier of science now is to pierce through the occult, go right through the occult and find it and then enhance it with these machines. And that's the scary part is because it just seems like it would be more dangerous now to combine, and uh, you know, high-powered court cannons like what we find at CERN I just got uh, information that I guess China is ready to go online with their collider probably within the next uh, year or two and that's going to be seven times more powerful than the one in Geneva and they're saying that with the competition we may see both colliders you know try trying to slam particles together to find uh, either wormholes and they're also looking for X-17 which is the, the, the fifth force and for the longest time, scientists had said the fifth force was nonsense. But now they're saying, no, nope, we're going to try and find it to prove uh, old science wrong. So if they're trying to put, put old science to bed, then everything you're talking about seems to be new science. Well, what they're trying to do right now is literally peer into the fabric of creation itself. Like, and how much energy? Think of the, the absolute astronomical amount of energy they have to use and the resources uh, to create those perfect conditions mm -hmm. to observe and measure these elusive forces. It's it's mind-boggling how much effort to try to find these very, very small forces. And then, then again, we don't actually know what's going to happen when we find them. Well, yeah. So, so there's a danger. Yeah. There's a danger to this, too. Well, you're right. I mean, think about this. Think about, okay, you know, we have had... Shaman, we've had others, and we've had uh, people who have worked in the military, people who have been involved with mind control projects. I gave the names of the mind control projects or the, the mind projects dealing with, uh, you know, uh, 
dealing with you deal with, actually. Just the idea that uh, stabilized Rosen bridges, stabilized, uh, you know, uh, conduits. You were talking about a stabilized conduit to the sun. There's a, there's there's projects called Gondola Wish, Grill Flame, Center Lane, Sunstreak, uh, Scanate. Um, and then in 1991, they put it all together in Stargate. But you look at how this involved the ability to see events, the ability to go to places, the ability to travel great distances by the mind. And, and as you say, you know, going off and, and being somewhere that you think, is this the future or is this the present in some other dimension? And just the idea that all of this has been talked about before. And we go then from there and we understand that uh, the required energy and safety measures for technological time travel, or at least, you know, pushing something through space time materially is immense. It's going to take a lot. To do this and why anyone would want to experiment with such power would actually put the entire planet in danger. So, I mean, they they must be pretty damn confident that they can open up a wormhole, you know, blasting a cork cannon with with all kinds of power. And the idea that they're going to search for the fifth force, uh, that's something that really blows my mind because, you know, they said, well, this isn't worth looking into. But now they have the power to they're going to blow a lot of stuff up just to find that, you know, dark matter exists, but it could flatten the entire universe in the process. Right. It's a it's a very dangerous thing. And, you know, the way that I look at it is that with all the money and resources going towards these projects, they're not taking a shot in the dark. They already know that these things are there. They already know that they exist and they can measure them. They're just now putting uh, the material things together so the scientific community could catch up and understanding how these forces work. And that's my opinion. That's what I believe. Right. Um, but it is also extremely dangerous uh, <laughs> because we are using, I, I, in my opinion, we're using dimensional energies or we're trying to peer into dimensional spaces in other worlds and right. we have no idea what's going to come out of them. We are using star power. And that's the point. They're, they're using the power of neutron stars to create these wormholes. 877-733-1011. We'll be back. Where is my mind? Where is my mind? Where is my mind? Following a disaster, your home emergency kit will be invaluable. Building a kit doesn't take long, and you'll be glad you did when disaster strikes. Here's a list of items to include. A first aid kit, battery-powered or hand crank radio, flashlight, extra batteries, an emergency whistle, cell phone with charger, cash and small bills, a local map with your family meeting place identified, food and water to last two weeks, garbage bags, dust masks, and seasonal clothing and footwear. Add prescription medications or any other important items unique to your family's needs. Once you've created your kit, check food expiry dates once a year and update seasonal clothing for growing children. If you have pets, make sure you have everything your furry friends need in an easy-to-carry grab-and-go bag. To learn more about preparing an emergency kit, visit mill.wa.gov forward slash preparedness and get two weeks ready. Be sure to get your low-cost two-week supply of food with a miraculous 25-year shelf life by going to preparewithgroundzero.com. Everything we experience through our senses, 
has happened in the past. Because we see things not as they are, but as they once were. I believe there are enormous surprises that will come out from numerical relativities. We're going to have a very different view of warp space and time 10 years from now than we have today. Think about it. If you travel to the past, that past becomes your future. And your former present becomes a past, which can't now be changed by your new future. Exactly. You're going to feel these cramps, but they're necessary. You're in a sort of a different... A space-time trajectory. We know that time, in some sense, is that which allows change to take place. We say that time has elapsed. We notice that because things now are different from how they were a little while ago. when you smash together atoms with ten times the force of the Large Hadron Collider. Well, we might get to find out in the year 2040. The, the Large Hadron Collider is large already. It's 27 kilometre tunnel underground. This new plan they have is a 100 kilometre tunnel. The bigger you go, the more energy you can smash stuff together with. Easily travel forward in time. We've known how to do that since 1905. And all you have to do is go into sort of a lower gravity field relative to other people or just travel very fast and your clock will tick slower than that of everybody else that you've left here. Traveling backwards, that's the problem. Because if you go back in time and prevent your parents from meeting one another, then they wouldn't have ever given birth to you to go back in time to prevent them from meeting one another. Clyde Lewis, you are listening to Ground Zero. The number is to call 877-733-1011. Jason Quint, our guest tonight. Time travel, leaving the mind, astral travel, and all of the programs the government's involved with doing all this material. And of course, CERN and China is going to have their own collider soon. Seven times more powerful than the one in Geneva. Why? Because they're seeking out ways to burst through that veil. They go into that time area, that, that unknown time space, and they're doing it with machines, they're doing it with time, and they're doing it with minds, and they're doing it with drugs, they're doing it with everything. And Jason quits with us tonight on Grounds. We're going to go to the, the phones now. Let's go to Mike. Uh, Mike's calling in tonight from um, Massachusetts. Hi, Mike. You're on Ground Zero with Jason Quick. Go ahead. Thank you, Clyde. Hello, fellow traveler. Hey, Mike. <laughs> I want to sincerely approve your message. It's completely realistic. Um, I've never heard anyone describe this so vividly. I've been doing this forever, and like you described sleep paralysis, um, your body goes, becomes a sarcophagus, and that's so true because you really don't have a choice in the matter. So naturally, you've got to find a way to pass the time. And I've learned a lot about reality from my astral travels. And it's truly a beautiful ability and gift. So Thank I, you. And, yeah, and you know, I've heard so many people um, talk about this. Um, it's very, it's more common than we think. And most people that do this, they never talk about it. They never share it because they think that, um, Maybe people will look at them differently. Uh, 
So, you know, thank you for coming forward and, you know, sharing that you as well uh, have this ability and do this. So, Mike, what are your experiences like? Uh, tell us a little bit about yours. Oh, man, it's, I, I could go on and on. And uh, I've met myself several times. Um, gone, you know, I left off planet. Uh, I mean, it's, there's so many different dimensions of of this stuff that it's just like, and today, I'm so glad you had him on today because, you know, it's past midnight now. And today's date is very special to me because of what I, what, what I learned astrally. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, this, this is probably a primal type of experience in, um, humanity and humankind. Um, it definitely helped us evolve. So, um, I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's, I, I can't, can go on and on about it. I wish I could talk to you as much as I've talked to Clyde on the radio and um well mike i I really appreciate you calling in and coming forward with your your experiences and what you've been through it is something that uh in in fact even when i talk to jason every time we sit and talk together even though he's had these experiences and what i admire about him is there's still mysteries to him and he's still trying to find out the answers it's not like he can just come around and say well this is this and that is that He's still piecing together his life and piecing together what he's been through. And I think that's amazing. I think a lot of people, when they've had these experiences and they're trying to gather some sort of a starting point, and they just can't because they're so filled with the the experience that they just can't find a starting point to even express what they're doing or where they're at or what they're doing. So there you go. It's really helped me. It's, you know, it, this kind of traveling is really helps to explain why life is. And... Um, it's it's really made my life so much better, mm-hmm. and I, I I like accept it now. Whereas when I was little, it was torture. Right. It's it just on and on. But um, what I learned, I, I could, it would take me too long to describe. But I'll just say that it's better than Star Wars. <laughs> okay, it's better than cats. <laughs> Mike, thank you for calling. I appreciate that. Let's go down to Kim in New York. Hi, Kim. You're on Ground Zero with Jason Quit. Go ahead. Good evening, Clyde. Good evening, Jason. Pleasure to talk to you both. Um, you know, as far as it, far out as it seems for your audience to grasp, um, other people out there. I, I came into my travels eight years ago, and that I think maybe you both know Duncan Cameron. Oh yeah. And this man was for real. Um, when I met him, about a year went on before I knew anything of him, and I didn't know anything. I'm a layman on this. So I literally saw the quirks of him, stayed away from the TV, stayed away from Wi-Fi. Yeah. And it was all about his molecular structure. He was like saying, you know, I got to stay away from everything because I just, I don't need my energy to be forced out. Let me me stop for one minute. I want to stop for one minute. For those of you that know who Duncan Cameron is, I know a lot of people, I don't want to, I don't want to take for granted that you know what she's talking about. Duncan Cameron, uh, was actually, uh, on the ship that was, uh, uh, involved in the Philadelphia experiment. And he, along with Al Bielik and others, said that they had, Mm -hmm. they had gone through time. This is 1942. And that uh, when they went through time, it was actually, uh, before Roswell, even, they said they had contact with beings when they went through this time uh, warp. And they saw other things there, too. And so that uh, they, they left a hole open long enough for them to go back and try to uh, 
kill the power on the ship. But when they finally the ship came back into the yard, there were people that were embedded in the metal. There were people that were. It was just a, it was an accident, is what it was. Yeah. So go ahead. Kim. Right, unbeknownst to him. Right, he was an unwilling participant in, originally. So for him, I mean, the government, the government has a lot going on for many years, many decades, and from his perspective, you know, he was owned, and um, they did run a lot of experiments on him. And when he came back originally, he came back 20 years ahead of his age. He came back in a locked age. And so as re relating to Jason and what he had said to me, though, he dealt with trying to deal with a 3D, 4D reality. Like he had this reality that he was in his sarcophagus. He thought he was out of body all the time. And unlike yourself, he was trying to stay in his body. <laughs> and, you know, he felt shattered. His body really went through a lot of experiments. And uh, so he, you know always was in a process of always staying away from anything that he wore. He wore plastic clocks. He did not want any electricity of any way touching him. Um, and the funny thing is that he did travel through space. Uh, he went to Mars. He saw things that he told me that I didn't, you know, I just couldn't even grasp. But there is such truth in this man. There was such real things. And then the end result was he actually did take a settlement from the government. Mm -hmm. he, he lived in Plum Island. And if people want to do research on Plum Island, it, it wasn't pretty there. Um, are you in Camp Hero or Plum, uh, Plum Island? You think Camp Hero, right? Or are you talking about Plum right, Island? Camp Hero. No, right, sorry, Camp you're Hero. right. Camp Hero. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, mm -hmm. Okay, no problem. <laughs> no, yeah, Camp Hero is definitely uh, it's an object of discussion because of Stranger Things and because of what the Department of Energy was involved with. It was the nuclear energy that they were working on to try and and open up these portals at the time, and, and even Oppenheimer had a had a vague idea that this could, and and Fermi also had the idea, this vague idea that it could have opened up the atomic bomb could have opened up a portal, and and things could get in. Um, it, it certainly, I did a, a a whole lecture on this at Contact in the Desert last year, and it really a lot of people were really fascinated by what I uncovered, and I was fascinated too by what I was uncovering because a lot of people don't realize that Jason and and others like him have been involved or there have been government programs where they have found people like Jason and they have used them for uh, getting information. It's sort of a, a way to get information uh, for the government. And so when you talk about people like Duncan Cameron or you talk about Al Bielik, I know exactly what you're talking about, Kim. And just to interject, though, Duncan did say that when he, when he went through this, it felt like an atomic explosion. Really? In his brain. Ooh, yep. I, can just, uh, I can just imagine how that was for them to... You know, because they were really doing an experiment, the same type of experiments that were done that create MRIs today, by the way. Right. I mean, a lot exactly. of people don't know that. So. Well, we're seeing 43. That's, 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 a, <laughs> that's a lot of years of technology. Certainly is. A Certainly lot is. Years. Thank you for the call. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. And, and, you know, there you go. I mean, uh, Jason, there are people here that are listening to the program tonight that certainly have, have had experiences. And uh, and certainly uh, can relate to what you're talking about. Yeah, and it's also really troubling and sad to hear that uh, the military or government would use uh, people for these type of experiments because, uh, you know, hearing that story, that person was uh, destroyed by it, mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. he, you know, they're very sensitive people. 
that go through this because it's almost like they've been into another reality if they've traveled somewhere else and now their body is sensitized to something else. Um, so it makes their life very difficult. Have you been approached uh, by anybody? I mean, I know you go to the UFO conventions and uh, there are a lot of strange people that come to those. Some of them are a government, you know, they are, they're observing. Have you ever anybody come to you and say, Hey, we need you for a project? Never. Okay. Just want to make sure <laughs> because, I mean, you know, I know people that say that, you know, they've talked about what they've been through and every once in a while they get a phone call saying, hey, we'd really love you to, you know, do something for us because we know that you've seen this and, and uh, you know, we, we want to utilize it for uh, a type of project, a spying project or something. I mean, this has been around for a long time. Like I talked about earlier with John Dee and Edward Kelly, they used what they called supernatural espionage, and they did it for the Queen. They were able to use entities and remote viewing, the same stuff, uh, traveling through dimensions in order to get information about the enemy, and that's how they did it. Well, if this has been going on for as long as it's been recorded, they are probably extremely advanced in this, and what I'm talking about is probably a joke to them. They've probably went to levels that we're not even aware of yet. Yeah, well, it's still an experience, and it's still, you know, if it's honed in, you know, if, if you can find, you know, exactly, I mean, I know that you're still exploring your life, you're still exploring your experiences, but if you can find exactly, you know, what's going on and empower it a little more, maybe, I don't know, maybe they'll come to you and say, okay, we want to talk to you now. Anyway, Jason, quit with us tonight on Ground Zero. Fascinating show, fascinating topic, fascinating guy. Love Jason. 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. I'm Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back. Quit with us tonight on Ground Zero. We're going to go to Jack in California. Hi, Jack. You're on Ground Zero. Go ahead. So my theory is is that um, when you dream, it is a form of time travel, and it's also an out-of-body experience. And my question for your guest is, many people have trouble remembering their dreams. Do you think this is a form of uh, defense mechanism that it might be hard to deal with multiple realities? Um, I will say that in the out-of-body state, it's incredibly difficult to hold on to consciousness. So it it's very, very hard to remember. And there's sometimes when I'll go to sleep and have these experiences and in the moment, I'll remember every single detail. The moment I wake up, it's gone. And sometimes it takes exactly um, a trigger, like a it's trigger to, like for me to remember that experience and say, oh, yeah, geez, I had that experience last night. And I absolutely think it's a defense mechanism because it's almost like we have this bleed through from other selves, other memories, other dimensions. And it would infect or alter our course here of our experience. So I think that there is a way of it um, cutting those memories out so we're not conscious of them. So, so along those lines, I might add this. that you know, I don't know if it's true or not, but they say that uh, we only use about 10% of our brain. And maybe that also is a defense mechanism because if we were... Uh, if we were using utilizing more of our brain we might be recalling multiple realities and it could present a problem 
And so maybe that's also a defense mechanism. Yes, and uh, you know, if you look at a, a scan of the brain while you're sleeping, when you enter into REM state sleep, your brain just ignites, like it just starts firing in all angles. So there's a lot of activity going on about an hour plus once you fall asleep. That's so amazing. Where does uh, hypnosis fall into this? Um, I would say that hypnosis is a way of changing your brainwave frequency to um, activate an altered state where you could um, enter into these other worlds or even having a suggestion given to you in the subconscious state. So it's about lowering the brain waves, just like a meditation, to allow a different chemistry, a different uh, synapsis pattern of the brain to be active. Thank you, Jack, for the call. I guess this call drops, and I'm sorry about that, but uh, it, it's good because then we can wrap up, uh, Jason, tonight. First of all, I want to thank you for coming on the program because certainly I think a lot of people uh, didn't understand you know, what you're about, you know, I think you're, they're getting an enlightened experience here because you are well aware of a lot of things that are happening. But then again, you have mysteries that you're trying to uncover yourself and you're still exploring it. That's a good thing. You're writing, you're making appearances, you're discussing these things and sharing with people. And I think that's important, especially for your journey. Absolutely. Because when I first came out and started talking about this, I really thought um, I was unique. <laughs> and then just talking about it, you see that this is a normal human experience that's shared by so many other people. Mm -hmm. So it's a way of, you know, getting it out there, having people discuss it. Sure. Uh, and thank you so much. I mean, every time you come on, it's a mind blowing experience for me and I'm sure it is for you. And and uh, that's what we're about here. It's <laughs> trying to learn things about these mind blowing experiences in our lives. So, Jason, thank you so much. Uh, you gonna be speaking anywhere soon. Um, yes, actually, I'm going to be in uh, Orlando, Florida on January the 11th and 12th for Codes of Awakening Conference. Fantastic. And uh, so if you're in Orlando, be sure to check it out. It's, uh, it's great to hear Jason speak. I saw him at Contact. He's amazing. He and I basically did the same presentation. It was kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> we looked at each other's presentations. We're, going, we're thinking along the same lines. So, Jason, thank you again for coming on the program tonight. Thank you for having me. You bet. Take care. And uh, more Ground Zero to come, 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. I'm going to go into more detail about what's going on with CERN and the Chinese version of CERN, which is seven times more powerful, and how competition may just destroy the universe. Something to think about when they push the time limit. 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. I'm Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back. Yeah, check it out. Surfer Music Discovery. It links to thousands of online stations, but the twist is you see the song names and artists that are now playing live. That's different. No guessing. Looks like a waterfall of music. So many formats. Rock, oldies, country, R&B, jazz, and a whole lot more. How's that spelled? Surfer. S-U-R-F-R. -R. Is it expensive? It's free. No need to sign up or sign in. Get the Surfer Music app free from Google Play or the App Store.
bioduplication, nude conspiracies. Oh my god, Clyde Lewis was right. The loudspeaker spoke up and said, The loudspeaker spoke up and said, Tonight, 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. Jason Quitt's always amazing to talk to. Because, like I said, you know, he's one of those guys that has had these experiences and is still trying to find out what they are. He doesn't come out and say, well, this is the way it is. This is the way it is. I feel I've time traveled, but I don't think I went into the future. I feel like I've gone into the present, some sort of a, a dimensional deal. And then he talks about going into space and coming back, boomerang effect. That, uh, you know, most certainly has been talked about. And, of course, uh, once again, we remind you that if you want to read about that, that's actually a book that we have available now at Aftermath.media. It's called Time Travel in Einstein's Universe, The Physical Possibilities of Travels Through Time. And it explains a lot. Uh, and, of course, uh, you know, it explains a lot what... Uh, Jason Quitt was talking about, and if you want to say that it's written by some quack or this, it's written by Princeton physicist J. Richard Gott. Time travel in Einstein's universe available at aftermath.media and explains a lot about what uh, Jason had told us about. And, I, and that's the thing is I think a lot of people, they don't want to understand that here we are today on the edge, certainly on a, a precipice with our tender heart in our hands right now. And if you ask the average American how they feel about with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The times we live in now. Chances are they're going to say, well, Clyde, something's wrong. I don't feel right. Something is not. I mean, depending on who you ask, you'll get different reasons why people feel the way they do. I mean, this tension, this anger, this unrest, this 
division manifesting itself across the country. It's all manufactured. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. conditions apply. See website for details. It's manufactured and it's financed by entities of the technocracy. The technocracy is working with neural programming. They're boiling down to exact sciences. They're looking for uh, the consciousness. They want to be able to to, you know, put it in a corral, wrap a rope around it, and have it do what they want it to do. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Attention all Ground Zero radio fans. GroundZeroMerch.com is your one-stop shop for all things Ground Zero. Oh, wow. Show off your style with our exclusive collection of T-shirts and hoodies. They're not just comfortable, they're conversation starters. Need to keep hydrated during those long listen sessions. Get your hands on our durable water bottles. And now introducing our latest editions, a hand-picked selection of intriguing books that will keep your mind buzzing. GroundZeroMerch.com. Support Ground Zero and everything we do. And so when you have this negative energy that's being bottled up and put into, you know, various areas, we've got algorithms and everything telling us how to think, it, it's felt all over the world. Attention all Ground Zero radio fans. GroundZeroMerch.com is your one-stop shop for all things Ground Zero. Oh, wow. Show off your style with our exclusive collection of T-shirts and hoodies. They're not just comfortable, they're conversation starters. Ooh. Need to keep hydrated during those long listen sessions. Get your hands on our durable water bottles. And now introducing our latest editions, a hand-picked selection of intriguing books that will keep your mind buzzing. GroundZeroMerch.com. Support Ground Zero and everything we do. Are you brave enough to step into the unknown, where shadows whisper and secrets unfold? Welcome to Ground Zero Radio, your gateway to the other side, now within reach on iOS, Android, and Alexa. Dive deep into the abyss with Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis. Unravel mysteries with the secret teachings and explore the unexplained in Into the Paranormal. Listen to live radio and podcasts, read our latest articles, and message the station all in our new mobile apps. Download the Ground Zero radio app today, now available in the App Store. It has bred suspicion, and it remains a divisive tool in creating a controlled demolition of the paradigm. 
And it can be argued that not since the times of, you know, we talked about St. Augustine the other night. St. Paul, of course, is another one. There have been so many people that felt obliged to look at everything with an evil magnifying glass. And they've cried out in despair at the magnified evil that they believe exists in their fallen world. Yes, you'll find evil if you're looking for evil. But if you understand it, you, it won't be evil anymore. I mean, neither government, science, religion, nor commerce has a monopoly on, on, on what is going on here. And it's obvious that they want to harness whatever energies they can to steer it in a direction. They want to control the timeline. They want to control this timeline at least. Anything that can benefit them and create chaos, the chaos for some reason has an energy that when they organize the energy, those who come along and play along with them are fine. Those who are not will be placed in chains. And the objective seemed to be to you know just gather all that darkness together in order to please the technocrats, use all that energy if they can. I mean, look, conspiracy theory analysis puts us in the middle of this, and we try to finger, you know, we try to point a finger at all who deserve the blame for the horrors that uh, that afflict this world, the climate change stuff, the economic hardship stuff, war on drugs, war on terror, war from poverty. I could go down those scarcity, drug cartels, blah, 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 blah. But the thing is, There is a secret group. There are secret groups and organizations that are participating in something that I call dimensional transmission theory. Now, I know that you probably have never heard of this. And it's a presumptive idea that that this this exists. But when you're listening to that guy from Ohio that said he had frequencies, alpha frequencies, and then you have that guy from um, Michigan who was working on another reactor, a breeder reactor, and you're wondering, what were they doing with these reactors? What were they trying to do? Well, they are probably, what they're doing is they're working on concepts. And these concepts lead to things like, well, I mean, a breeder reactor could lead to a lot of things, but I'm just saying the idea of dimensional transmission, the idea of getting enough power to push a transmission through to another dimension. And it's feasible, okay, but proof, okay, is elusive. And so in order to do any type of proof or proving anything, of course, you have to go through and reconstruct history. And so when you're doing this this whole presentation and you're trying to make it easy for people to understand, you have to kind of draw from conspiracy theory and then you have to also make sure that if you're contributing to a conspiracy, you're not sharing equally in the consciousness of evil or good or whatever, because the theory is somewhat more sophisticated and complex. And it's a good more, I would say it's more realistic than just saying, oh, by the way, I time travel, okay? You have to go into detail about, well, I I, I do this and I don't understand exactly what's happening here. Uh, And that's why people are kind of laughing and saying, well, I'm sure that he doesn't know the lottery numbers. Well, no, you don't know the lottery numbers. Why? Because time travel doesn't work that way. It never has. And we've done enough shows to show that it doesn't work that way. That each timeline that you go to, and, and even even Jason said, I didn't know if I, I I thought it was the future, but it could have been the present in another dimension. And that, and, and I thought, yeah, yeah, you know, that's interesting to say that. I mean, I know that a lot of people may say, well, you know, that's a stretch. I mean, you know, it's a cop out. But you know, if it's so it's so crazy, then why have the governments participated in things that can't be real? Why have they been involved? With the uh, grill flame. Why have they been involved with Stargate? Why have they been involved with Scanade? Why? I mean, just going down the list of all the projects that the government's been involved with, where they've been using uh, what would be, could be called psychic warfare 
to transmit ideas from different dimensions into other dimensions and that the idea that possibly these dimensions, whether you're participating in Project Gondola Wish or Grill Flame or Center Lane or Sun Street, all of these dimensions affect the other dimensions. I mean, when you look at, uh, you go back in time and you look at the Star, uh, was it, the Stargate Project? And that was more or less a remote viewing. It was, you know, the idea to see events and things from another distance. You could be sitting here in your remote view and you're in that place at the same time. And of course, Camp Hero at Montauk, they did those experiments with the kids. And that's why Stranger Things now is on TV and people are going, wow, you know, that's a good show. Why is it so good? Because it's based on a, on a kernel of truth. I mean, the Montauk Project, they used 1,000, 10,000 teenagers. They abducted them for research into time travel. They taught them how to remote view. And many of them, of the others were in weird experiments. Did you know that? And I had calls. And, if, and by the way, if you've been involved with this project, I want to hear from you. This is, always fascinates me. I remember back a while ago, there was a guy who called this program. And he said that he was involved with a project. That uh, that kids were actually taken out of the schools. Certain kids were chosen to take out of the schools. And they were in a secret program that no one knew about. And the schools were testing them for things. Testing them to see if they could, you know. It's just a weird testing situation. It's like you were chosen out of your classroom to go out with these people, these social worker type people. And they take you into rooms and they ask you questions like, well, what do you feel about this? How do you see this? Draw this picture. That happened to me. I was involved with a program where... Uh, they saw that I was very, uh, very uh, lucid in detail. And this is when I was in the first grade. Like, for example, uh, whenever I, they give us a letter, for example, like the letter Q. And they'd say, draw a picture of what the letter Q, a, a, a word or something that begins with the letter Q. So I draw a picture of a queen, okay, a queen woman with a crown. But then I, I color her, her, her robes red, and then I put black dots on the white, fur and I go into detail about this and they said why did you put that on there tell us why you did that we're interested in just as to why you're you're so detailed in what you do we want to know why that is can you please come and 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 join us there are some other gifted kids we want to sit you down with and, and we want to talk with you about this stuff can you like imagine in your head a very bad thing can you can you imagine one of the worst things you've ever had and how you felt when it ha- happened and and they would ask you these questions and so then I, 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 after this caller called in and said he was part of some program, he said it was like they were training them to be Jedi Knights. I said, well, wow. I mean, I got to look into this. And so there was a declassified CIA document that basically said that, yes, there were experiments that were carried out with kids. They were bringing kids out of the schools and they were tapping into their quantum intuition. And the Chinese government did it. They did it on a massive scale to the kids. They did it in Russia. Telepathy, psycho, psychokinesis, approbation, aerokinesis, uh, clairsentience, clairaudience. They were doing it on the, at the CIA. Well, they were apprised of these studies, and they wanted more of the kids to do it, too. So they would go from school to school, and they would find kids that were exceptional, that had exceptional functions, that, that, that shown uh, intuition, that, that kind of had abilities in math and sciences and, and picking up on these things. So, you know, a lot of these experiments were carried out in the schools. There were nine different experiments that were carried out to, to try and find the most gifted of them all. And then many of them were taken away. Or they were paid a lot of money to go work in, in, in other schools and to learn the skills of this quantum intuition. Which included things like time travel. Which included things like what Jason Quitt does. What he goes through. 
taking them on these trips, putting them out there, giving them drugs, giving them things to, to you know, it is a form of mind control, but it certainly was something that was beneficial for the technocrats so they could learn about time travel, mind travel, and that sort of thing. So, really, if you want to check out this book, Time Travel in Einstein's Universe, you can go to aftermath.media. That's aftermath.media. I want to talk a little bit more coming up about, uh, I want to talk about what CERN's doing. And uh, this will also, uh, and we're going to take some phone calls, too. So if you want to call in, I'm going to open a few lines. You can call in right now. 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. We're going to go to break right now, and uh, we're going to get to your phone calls. 877-733-1011. I'm Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back. Octavius in Nevada. Hi, Octavius. You're on Ground Zero. Hey, Clyde. It's an honor, sir. Good to talk to you. Hey, since Art's been uh, off the air, you're my guy on the radio at night, buddy. Oh, great. Thank you. Hey, listen. Uh, hey, Clyde, I'm sorry I missed your guest, man, because I was hoping to bring up to him and get his opinion on the President Donald Trump time traveler conspiracy theory yeah. more theory to me clyde than conspiracy well uh it's not really a conspiracy it's just the idea that uh donald trump's uncle had the uh papers that uh that nikola tesla had and that he used them to understand things like x-rays and mris and maybe even time travel and we have talked about it at least three times on this program there are shows that i could actually if you go back to soundcloud and you listen we talked about shows Plus Ultra Club. We talked about the Plus Ultra Club. We talked about his relationship with Plus Ultra, the fact that Donald Trump and Mar-a-Lago has Plus Ultra uh, all over on tiles in his house. Uh, we talked about the Baron Trump uh, Lockwood conspiracy, the idea that, you know, uh, Ingersoll Lockwood uh, actually wrote a book about uh, what appears to be Trump. It's called The Last President. It was written in the 1900s. Uh, Absolutely, I, I, Clyde. As yeah. a matter of fact, they just came today in the mail. I bought those books. Oh, did you? The Adventures of Little Baron Trump and the Last President. Right. They just came today. Really? I had to have them, Clyde. I had to see for myself. And let me tell you something, Clyde. I was telling my best friend about this, the whole story, and uh, she was shocked and awed. And the very next day... It's not that very night. I saw the story about how little uh, Baron Trump suddenly sprouted three feet <laughs> in the matter of a few years. Well, do you want to? I you, saw the pictures right. of the of the Trump kid, and my heart stopped. I had just researched the theory, and right. when I saw what that kid looks like today, like a twenty-one-year-old man, he's supposed to be thirteen, Clyde. Well, let me just tell you this. There was a woman, and I can't. Her name escapes right now. She always sees. She always meets me up at the uh, the Ground Zero Lounge, and she says, "Have you written? Have you read the book by Ingersoll Lockwood about the time traveling Trump?" And I says, "Well, yeah. The Last President was written in 1900, and there's the other one about the adventures of Baron Trump." What people don't understand is, is that I pointed out before that the hotel that the last president lives in is the Fifth Avenue Hotel. Now, this is back in the 1900s, the Fifth Avenue Hotel. Guess what sits on the Fifth Avenue side of the Fifth Avenue Hotel? The Trump Tower. Right. Trump Tower. So here's the thing. 
So everybody is screaming at the Fifth Avenue Hotel in this book. They're screaming at the president saying, death to the rich man, death to the rich man. The rich man should not be president. So what does the president do? He appoints a man to the cabinet that he feels will be able to deal with the people because he can't. And guess what the name of that man is? Pence. That's right. A French name. Like Pence. Le Vraire for Pence. Yep. The guy's name is Pence. He, he basically, I, this woman tells me this, and I'm shocked. And so finally I got into the book. The book's online. You can actually read it online. But I have a hard copy, too. I think we have it in the library, the uh, the uh, library that we have, our Ground Zero library. Yeah, I had uh, to have him in my hands. Yeah, I would like, I I would like to, him in my hands, too. But uh, the thing is, is that when you're looking at this, I mean, think of the, the, the fluke. Think of the math. Think of the coincidence. And, and the idea that, you know, that how omnipresent this coincidence is that, you know, a few years after Baron Trump, the books come out. Uh, we have uh, the Titanic, or there's a book about the Titanic, or it's called the Titan. We have uh, the, the man appointing a man named Pence to the cabinet. And, it, I mean, these are a lot of coincidences that you can interpret as foreshadowing what happened uh, back in the 19th century, foreshadowing what happened with the president being elected. And, I mean, all you have to do is uh, go to... Uh, Donald Trump in the Library of Congress, and for some reason, this book by Lockwood seems to come up, and it's weird because the book doesn't talk about Trump, but it's associated with Donald Trump, and that's what makes it makes this idea of time travel so so compelling. That's that's right. And Clyde, before I go, I want everyone who's listening to this and interested in the Donald Trump time traveler theory, no conspiracy, just theory, folks, and uh, take a look at the picture of little Baron Trump from the book, The Adventures of Little Baron Trump. Look at the late 1800s engraved picture of the boy, the main character, and look at a photo of the Trump boy today and your heart will stop. Both. Oh yeah, Thanks it's too, it's too, you bet. It's too of an omnipresent, uh, you know, I've talked about this before, it's too freaky, too, of an, too much of an omnipresent coincidence about uh, Ingersoll Lockwood, the last president, and, uh, and, and and it's just, I mean, like I say, I've done shows about it. I've talked about it before. People certainly, uh, certainly wonder if Donald Trump is a time traveler with his association, his uncle, and of course, Tesla, which of course, Tesla claimed that he time traveled. So, I mean, who knows? I mean, you just look at the, the ominousness uh, of what we're up against right now with the impeachment and everything going on. I mean. It's almost like we're living in a different time, a time where, you know, perhaps we could get out of it if we just found a way to find that wormhole and escape. You know, what are your thoughts on this? Love to hear from you. 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. We'll be back. Ronnie's with us, and he's here to talk about CBD, the joy of CBD. Why is it so joyful? Well, it helps you with a lot of a lot of things, and the essential oils are, are really important to your health. Isn't that right, Ronnie? Absolutely. In fact, it has been so important. There's an article in Arizona that basically police officers are starting to use CBD. It's making them do a better job because they're sharper, and they're not as nervous and not as much anxiety. So it's awesome. So when you ingest CBD, uh, what does it do for the body? Um, it's inflammatory. Uh, basically, it kills the inflammation. It drops the inflammation. Anxiety, it drops that as well. Um, just kind of makes you sharp, and it doesn't drug you out because there's no THC. Also, if you use it on your body, how does that affect things? I always like to 
direct people to the salve. Basically, if you have some kind of problem and you put that CBD salve on in your neck and your elbow and your knees, whatever, uh, you will have less pain. Sounds fantastic. Where do I pick up this wonderful CBD? Ancientlifeoil.com. That's ancientlifeoil.com. Fantastic. The still unknown relationship between what we call the unconscious psyche and what we call matter. A mystery with which psychosomatic medicine endeavors to grapple. In studying this still undefined and unexplained connection, it may prove to be that psyche and matter are actually the same phenomenon. One observed from within, and the other from without. 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 Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? can't stay the same all the time. Oh, the times, they are a change. It's Hideaway. We want to see you there because it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to dress up in 
crazy costumes and do all kinds of Krampus events. It's, uh, we have T-shirts available. Uh, we have uh, shut up uh, co- uh, mugs. <laughs> I almost said it. We have the Shadafa mugs that we're going to be selling. We have hoodies and goodies. Hoodies and goodies. Hey, we have hoodies and goodies, too. It's great. Hoodies and goodies, all kinds of cool things at the party. You'll be able to check out the menu. We have the German food menu on the docket. It's there at the Facebook page, at the events page as well. And uh, it starts at 7 tomorrow. So I'll be there bright and shiny with my Krampus outfit, and you can show up in your outfit, dress up, do whatever you need to do. Have some fun at the Krampus party, the Hawthorne Hideaway, 2221 Southeast Hawthorne. Attention all Ground Zero radio fans. GroundZeroMerch.com is your one-stop shop for all things Ground Zero. Oh, wow. Show off your style with our exclusive collection of T-shirts and hoodies. They're not just comfortable, they're conversation starters. Need to keep hydrated during those long listen sessions. Get your hands on our durable water bottles. And now introducing our latest additions, a hand-picked selection of intriguing books that will keep your mind buzzing. GroundZeroMerch.com. Support Ground Zero and everything we do. That's 2221 Southeast Hawthorne. It's the Hoth- it's the uh, Hawthorne Hideaway Ground Zero Krampus Party. Starts tomorrow at 7, ends at 10, so be there. We'll have a good time, eat, talk, hang out. That's what we're going to do for the Christmas party this year. Let's go to Kathy in Oregon. Hi, Kathy. You're on Ground Zero. Oh, my goodness. How cool is that? <laughs> so, originally, I was going to um, talk about something, and I still want to, but... You had brought up um, about special groups that were taken kind of and talked to and and groomed and taken away from their classmates and all that kind of thing. And um, I was 13 and a foster child. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if sometimes they targeted intelligent, vulnerable, no mom, no dad people. Um, well, my I had a mom and dad, but see, my mom was very sick, and my father was always working, and they were very curious about me. But you know what's funny? I was in the, I was dealing with the program. I had the, I first had it done with me when I lived in a place called Midvale. I was at Midvale Elementary School when they first approached mm-hmm. me, and then uh, I said that I didn't want. They wanted to put me head of grade. There was another kid that was with me named Scott. I won't give his last name because he may still be around, but his name was Scott. Scott got. The, the program, and he was in the program. I stepped away from the program. But when I moved from a Midvale, Utah, a place called Kearns, Utah, when I was in elementary school, they asked me again to be a part of this program. And we had a lot of meetings at a in a fallout shelter. It was right there in the school. We would have meetings downstairs. Yeah. And I had so many times I was taken out of. And I thought, are they targeting me because I'm a foster kid? Um, but the questions they were asking were not, um, questions that would be like, I was always a straight A student, mm-hmm. even though I was a foster child. And so I always just kind of wondered, you know, oh, take Kathy Ann. She's vulnerable. She has no one to really have her back, you know, and you can ask her anything. And if she says no, no, but that's okay, she may say yes and answer your questions. And I just always wondered about that, you know, and it, it happens so often throughout my whole entire, I was a foster child from 13 to about 17, mm-hmm. and it happened a lot. 
you know, and I was always kind of um, taken away from my classes and asked questions and done things. And, and I thought, you know, I wonder why nobody else is, is ever having this happen. And I asked my friends, does anybody ever take you out of class and do this? And they're like, no, you know, I'm like, huh. but anyway, that is why I called you and I have you here. So I really want to talk to you about why I called you because yeah. I have been listening to you for a couple of years now. And I've hesitated to call, and I really enjoyed, um, you know, Mr. Quid's um, session. And I've had so many of those instances, but I just want to talk to you about something that happened. So when I was in my 20s, I had an out-of-body experience. I flatlined and died, and I sat up and watched everybody kind of like, Samantha and Dora, and uh, what was her mom's name? And Dora, they would sit up and watch everybody walking around. I watched everybody freaking out, and I'm like, oh, stop freaking out. I'm okay, blah, blah. Ever since that time, it seems that I have had <clears throat> so many instances where I am out of body. And okay. that's what uh, Mr. Quick was talking about. So the first time was um, I met this gentleman who became my daughter's father, and we had met um, at this bar, and we he he was gone for a year. He came back, traveling the South Seas or whatever he was doing, and instantly attracted again. And we had all our friends around us and decided to go to another place mm-hmm. uh, right down the street. And so everybody drove over there, but we decided to walk. And we walked arm in arm, arm in arm, and we walked arm in arm in the front door. And we walked arm in arm out the back door. Right. But no one saw us for four and a half hours. So you had missing time. No. You, 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 you went somewhere and then you didn't come back. You had missing time, right? We had missing time, and we went in the door and out the door, and we have no memory of what it was, and it's always been, like, really, truly an oddity. So then my daughter's father, um, who later became my daughter's father, not at that time, mm-hmm. um, his father um, was a, a lifer. He was in the Army. Right. He always had these secret operations and different things and stuff like that. He couldn't tell the family about and stuff like that. Right, exactly. So, right? What what you're doing, I'll I'll tell you this much. I'm I'm, going to stop you. I don't want to interrupt you, but I have to stop you. Uh You're, you're, You're actually describing. Now, when you were in the beginning of this call, you were talking about these special training programs. You said, well, maybe it's because I'm vulnerable because of this, 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 and this. Well, here's the thing. Most of the people that had this special training in school, whatever it was, is like, for example, uh, you know, they would be taken out of class and then you're specifically called out to meet with something, someone other than your teachers. Yeah. They sit you down right. and, and what they, they did flash. Did they do flashcards with you? Did they show you flash things? Flashcards, ink. Where are those ink blots? Ink blots. Yes, exactly. There are a lot of All kids. Kind of yes, you're, you're, that's exactly what they did. And anybody else who's listening to me right now that's had this experience, I'd love to hear from you. They would take you out of class. And let me just describe this and, and see if I'm right here. So they took you out of class. You met with someone that wasn't your teacher. The teacher, the, this, this person sat you down. 
and they said, look at these cards. They showed you flashcards. And did they ever tell mm-hmm. you to close your eyes and try to think of being somewhere else? No. Okay. What they were doing is they were trying to get you to be uh, trained into transcendental meditation. So what they were doing is they were observing you with the cards. They were uh, they were observing to see how you would react to the cards. They were probably even trying to see if you had any ESP capabilities. And so, do you this, think these people actually knew that when they were doing that with me? Well, they, you were speaking of the military operations, right? You were speaking of a friend that had military operations. Look. Well, no, I was speaking later. Yeah, well, what I'm getting at is is that usually it's either a family member or someone close to you has a, a father or a mother or someone who's involved with special operations. And if you do, these were the ones that were usually the ones that were taken out of schools to be trained. And they would go through well, these... Well, I, I wasn't directly involved with that until later. And the reason why I brought that up was because... I know this may sound weird. Well, nothing sounds weird to you. Um, but um, there was this doctor on Maui, and she we moved to Maui. Mm-hmm. And that's the second part of my story. But we moved to Maui, and we had so many things happen to us that right. was so friggin' insane right. that um, there was this doctor, and she did this thing like pumping your arm and 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 looking into your soul and doing this thing. And she mm. told my daughter's father that the reason why you are being tracked is because of your, your father's military experience. Let me ask you a question. He, Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Are you gifted in some ways? Do you have uh, musical talents? Do you have uh, art talents, no. poetry talents? No. 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 Because usually they also they also explore that. They always uh, look at people who can create music or create code or speak different yeah. languages. No. Or uh, I am gifted in is what? the relationship with the Lord, with Jesus Christ. I have a metaphysical relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I have a past your normal um, relationship with Jesus Christ. I have a metaphysical relationship. And I don't know what that means, but the other part of the story, if, if you don't mind, um, so my daughter's father, um, so we, we walked in, walked out, didn't know where we were. One night he went fishing, and he got all his fishing equipment out. This is on the island of Maui, and most of this happened on Maui. Um, he got all his fishing equipment out, put it, against the car, got ready, everything, and six hours later, he comes to and still has not fished. Six hours later. Hmm. He drives all the way up country where we live, and he shook for like six hours because he couldn't, he couldn't comprehend what happened. The other thing that happened all the time is that I was held down in my bed I was held down in my bed by my daughter, two years old, got up and talked to a wall in a language I never heard before. Hmm. I would wake David up, I'm my her, her father, and I would say, Tatiana's talking in that language again. He's like, well, I'll go, and he couldn't get up either. We could not get up. We were held down. I mean, literally held down to the mattress. It, it sounded like you guys were experiencers and you had sleep paralysis as well. And there were a lot of strange activities that were going on. I swear, I mean, you talk about the lost time. 
if you can't recall what happened to that lost time, I would say that you were part of an experiment. I really do. I would say that whatever this experiment is, it was an experiment to actually block that time, block it out. You don't remember it. You disappear. You come no back. No memory. No memory. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I mean, I'll bet you that if you went through some sort of a hypnosis program or regressive therapy program, you'd find out exactly what happened to you during that time. And I'll bet you'd find you mean, out. You could bring that back up. Yep. You could bring that up. Yep. And somebody would be able to discover it for you, and then you'd be able to know just what exactly you were a part of. Because everything you're telling me follows that pattern that I was trying to explain earlier about the ink blots, the, the flashcards being taken yeah. out of class, trying to uh, test or task your intuitive behaviors. Once again, it's back to that quantum intuition I talked about. But it seems like it starts from, like, <laughs> it's like, it's like not everybody has that happen. No. Like, it starts from a certain age. And right. I actually think... You may have not been vulnerable, but I actually think it happens with people who are vulnerable. Well, like, I I would not, say vulnerable in such a way where you don't know what you're getting into and that, you know, you had some friends who had, uh, you know, parents who were involved in military operations. Some of those military operations may include bringing children out of classrooms and see if they're cognitively intuitive or they're quantumly intuitive. I think this is something that a lot of people if they come forward, they experience it. I'd like to hear from you if you did, because that's always fascinating to me, because I had it happen to me when I was going to a Midvale school in Utah, but then I uh, then attended some meetings that went on after school in Kearns. 877-733-1011. We'll be back. Seven 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 three three one zero one one. Fascinating, you know. A lot of people have had that experience. You know, once again, it goes back to what we called the show in the first place, and that is the Quantum Boy Scout. I mean, go to a scout meeting, maybe learn about quantum physics. You go that guy that was a radioactive, you know, the guy that did the experiments and was doing it in the back of his mother's backyard. I mean, where do you get that information? And what were they doing? I mean, creating some, you know, breeder nuclear reactor for what? EMP? Were they doing it to open up a wormhole? I mean, these are questions. I mean, these are the gifted kids that they were taking out of class. I know they are. Hey, if you're one of those kids, I'd like to hear from you. You grow up and you've had this experience. I'd love to hear from you. Also, whatever else uh, is on your mind tonight with regard to what we're talking about, 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. I'm Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back. guys, it's Clyde, and I'm excited to tell you about Longevity, a supplement company that I've been associated with since 2016. After one year, I lost 140 pounds and felt so much more energetic. 
1997, Longevity has had one objective, to enhance the lives of people through lively health and wealth. Dr. Joel Wallach and Longevity have pioneered the mineral supplement market, spreading the 90 for life message throughout the world. Over the years, continued development and innovation has established Longevity as one of the most successful companies in the health supplement market. If you'd like to feel healthier, look better, you can go to our special website, www.groundzeroforlife.com. That's www.groundzeroforlife.com. Or talk to one of our health specialists by calling 877-877-4202. That's 877-877-4202. Tonight, 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. We began the program tonight talking about a man who allegedly was working on some sort of a quantum capacitor. They evacuated 40 homes in Columbus, Ohio, but apparently there was no real danger to be had. Kind of reminded us of the David Hahn story, the radioactive... Boy Scout. He was working on his merit badge for atomic sciences and decided to build a, a breeder nuclear reactor in the shed behind his mother's house in Michigan. Now, you know, this is all pretty rogue, right? And we had Jack Parsons, who we talked about as well. He did basically the same stuff. He didn't work with nuclear stuff. He worked with things that were a lot less, uh, you know, he was working with things that were not as unsafe. But then again, what he did killed him. Then we heard Jason quit on the program, who talked about his experiences. Now, his experiences were mostly mental, and they were uh, during dream time. They were out-of-body experiences. They were uh, connected to things like sleep paralysis, and many people called to share their experiences, too. 
We talked about, you know, gifted kids, those who are in school programs, were taken out of classes, whose parents or those who they associated with were in military operations, were involved in reading Rorschach cards and flashcards, trying to find their intuition. Maybe some of them could be chrononauts, or maybe they would be much like the kids that were used in the Montauk Project, thousands of teenagers used for remote viewing projects and time travel projects as well. So, what's with all this? The astronauts, the, the chrononauts, the subatomic particles, the nuclear reactors, the, the capacitors, all of this. All these things are being used for one reason, and that is the search for the fabric, or at least how to get through the fabric of space-time. And required energy, the required energy and safety measures for simple technological time travel would be immense, of course. Technological time travel. We have people who have left the body on their own. But anyone who'd want to experiment with the power, the power technological, the whole te- technological power would be much similar to what David Hahn did with his breeder reactor. Much like what this guy did in Ohio with his uh, capacitor, what he was trying to do, save the power for some reason. And I kind of uh, leapt into the idea of time travel or the idea of some sort of an energy field that was being used to somehow open a, a small portal or, or maybe a small conduit bridge. The search for a force that can be used to open up these areas is not something to be taken lightly, but the search for the fifth force has increased in recent decades due to two discoveries in cosmology which are not explained by current theories. It has been discovered that most of the mass of the universe is accounted for by an unknown form of matter called dark matter. And most physicists believe that dark matter is some new undiscovered subatomic particle, but some also believe that it could be related to an unknown fundamental force, the fifth force. It's also recently been discovered that the expansion of the universe accelerating, it's accelerating, which has been attributed to a form of energy called dark energy, some physicists speculate that a form of dark energy called quintessence or quintessence could be the fifth force. Quintessence is the fifth force. So we're looking at the, this new force, okay, this force, this fundamental force. But here's the thing. Here's the catch. It's difficult to test. Why? Because we need a lot of power to do it. Gravity is also a weak force that the gravitational interaction between two objects is only significant when one of them has great mass. So it takes very sensitive equipment to measure gravitational interactions between objects that are small compared to the Earth. So looking for that fifth fundamental force might similarly be weak and therefore difficult to detect. So what do you need? You need more power. You need more time. You need more scientists. You need more minds. Able minds are able to do this. So the interest in the fifth force has prompted a lot of recent interest as a theory of super symmetric large extra dimensions of the universe are now being talked about. Over the last two years, a Hungarian group of physicists at the Atomki Institute have observed two examples of this mysterious particle. They're calling it X-17, and that hints at the fifth force and the fifth force of nature that they're trying to discover. So the experiments at CERN, called NA-64, have been searching for X-17. Once again, so you're following at home, taking notes, CERN has a new project called NA-64, where they are searching for the X-17 particle. And so now they need more power to look for it, and they are asking for upgrades so they can further to probe the existence or not of this particle. In the NA-64 experiment, 
Scientists will shoot a beam of tens of billions of electrons at a fixed target. The collision between the electrons and the atoms of the target produce particles, potentially those we've never seen before. So far, NA64 has not found any trace of X17, but even though no detection is useful, it does tell researchers that if the particle does indeed exist, there are certain values for the strength of the interaction between X17 and electrons that could be excluded. By 2023, the Large Hadron Collider, the experiment that happens at CERN, should be able to make a definitive measurement to confirm or refute the interpretation of the Antomkey anomalies as arising from new fundamental forces. So in the meantime, experiments such as NA64 can continue to chip away at the possible values of a hypothetical particle's properties. And every new analysis brings with it the possibility, however remote, of a discovery of this fifth force. Now, if the discovery is confirmed... It will completely change fundamental physics. X-17 and similar hypothetical particles are often referred to as dark photons. And some physicists believe that their existence is key to explaining other yet-to-be-confirmed theories about dark matter, dark energy, and the fabric of space-time. And what this will do is it will open that metaphoric door to more speculation with regards to the danger or the advancement of physics experiments. Now, here's what's interesting. China, again, is in competition with CERN. China is planning on building a huge particle accelerator twice the size and seven times as powerful as CERN's Large Hadron Collider. And the main goal is to reveal a new physics beyond the standard model and that the Brout-Englert-Higgs uh, mechanism, the Higgs-Boson mechanism, along with the clues to understanding dark matter and supersymmetry, will also be included in this study and in this uh, discovery. So, I was reading an article in the China Daily News, and I was trying to learn more about this new particle accelerator that would be capable of generating millions of Higgs boson particles. Well, here's what gets creepy about what's going on with China and what's going on with CERN. The standard model of physics is an assembly of theories physicists have derived and repeatedly improved to explain the cosmos and how the smallest building blocks of our universe interact with one another. Of course, there are problems with the standard model, and, and, and of course, they're trying to solve them. For instance, gravity has yet been effectively combined into the framework. So, Chinese researchers have already finished an initial conceptual design of a super giant particle collider, which will be larger and more powerful than any particle accelerator on Earth. And if everything goes as planned, the construction of the first stage project called CEPIC, that's C-E-P-C, will begin between 2020 and 2025, followed by the second stage in 2040. So with the competition, you can bet that both colliders will try to outpower each other. And if there is a disaster or a problem, we could face the most unimaginable end to not only the Earth or the world, but time as we know it, and the entire fabric of the universe will be destroyed. Now, if the colliders create a mountain of concentrated energy by crashing particles together, it can cause what is called a phase transition. Now, what is a phase trans transition? Well, a phase transition would tear the fabric of space-time completely. And this would be a cosmic calamity, not just a terrestrial calamity. 
respected astrophysicist Martin Rees wrote a paper. He has serious misgivings about the safety of having both colliders increasing power to find the X-17. Martin Rees thinks that there's a chance that these colliders could cause a catastrophe that would engulf space itself. And that's certainly nothing to take lightly. Rees explains that contrary to what might be popularly imagined, the vacuum of space is not really full of mostly nothing but emptiness. The vacuum, says Reese, has in it all the forces and particles that govern the physical world. And it is possible that the vacuum we can observe is actually fragile and unstable. While dramatic fears have circled around the Large Hadron Collider from the start, the LHC, Large Hadron Collider, has always maintained that the work they carry out there is safe. However, having another competing collider and the increased power should have everybody concerned because it could easily collapse space and time itself. Eight seven 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 three three one zero one one. That's eight seven 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 three three one zero one one. Imagine the end of space, time, and planet Earth. No time to say goodbye. No time for tears. In a twinkling of an eye. We would all disappear in time. 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. I'm Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back. Let's go to Eric in Kansas. Hi, Eric. You're on Ground Zero. Clyde, I I want to discuss what you were just saying the the last uh, for the break. You were talking about the it wouldn't just be a terrestrial calamity, and it would and it would also actually be a uh, celestial calamity mm-hmm. with the electric with the electricity frequencies. I'm not. No, sure I didn't what say you what were, I said was CERN. Where and, you're getting? That. Okay, first of all, I said it was CERN. And the Chinese, well, the Chinese. Okay, all right. Let me finish. The Chinese are also going to be competing with uh, with CERN. I say us because we are familiar with CERN. They are competing with a, a collider that will be bigger, two times bigger than uh, than one at CERN. It'll also be seven times more powerful. Now, the worry here is that, according to Martin Rees, who's an astrophysicist, he worries that with the co- competition in power to find X seventeen, the particle. We could easily use so much power that we could uh, literally break the universe, break the cosmos. That he says that, that oh, many oh. people may think that's very uh, stable, but he says it can be very fragile, and that we could literally just, you know, it would collapse the entire universe with us in it. Are you there? Well, I'm familiar with the CERN. I'm familiar a little bit with that. Um, right. I just. I, I wanted to verify that we uh, hear you. I hear you, I guess. Right. Uh, it's, wow. uh, the, the project is called CEPC. Uh, it's going online next year, 2020. It will be in its first stage by 2025. Second stage will be in 2040. So it'll be full power by 2040. But it'll be seven times more powerful. Than what are now. we? To do, what do you want? What 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 are we supposed to do with that? Nothing. Um, if you don't mind me asking, nothing. Um, it's just going to happen, and so we have to be aware of it. That's the only thing. It's Clyde. What? Buddy, There's nothing you do about it. I just, 
No, I kind of know about it. I just, man, that's it, it's not a bright day. I'll tell you that much. Well, it's not even online yet. I'm that just saying really CERN, CERN is looking for something called X-17. Okay? They're looking for what is called the fifth force. The fifth force used to be imaginary. It used to be something that scientists would only speculate about. Now they're serious. They want to find they, they thought Higgs boson was also a legend. They found the particle. Now they're going further. Wow. They want to find X-17, which is the dark force. They're looking for the dark force, and they're thinking if they can do so, they can open up the doors to the fabric of time itself. That's a good secret. Secrets. A good secret? Well, I mean... What about what? I mean, they've already isn't that already in the works though? What? I mean, isn't that kind of old? No. The, the dimensional portals getting opened and things and all well, that kind they, of weird. We dark, speculate. Dark in. We have speculated they've opened up portals, but this is confirmation that they're looking for X seventeen and they will do whatever necessary to open up that portal. They will increase power. And the worry that we have here from astrophysicist Martin Reese is that with the competition between China and the United States, that the power will increase and increase and increase. Oh, and God. if they do it too much, then we may see a collapse of the universe. Well, we're okay. I'm going to hop off the line because I'm really spooked, man. You got me really spooked there. Hey, I'm spooked, too. I, I'm look, look right now what the, with the power with the power that CERN has right now. One mistake could actually turn the Earth into something the size of a football field. One mistake that's always been hovering over oh, our heads. Yeah. If oh, they make it, one miscalculation, you wouldn't know it. Wouldn't know it. the Earth would collapse on itself, and we'd be nothing more than a than an asteroid the size of a football field. That's what would be left of the planet. And a snap of the finger, less than that. Less than that. A snap of the finger. Exactly. You wouldn't see it. You wouldn't it feel it. Would be, it'd be done for. It would be done. You wouldn't feel it. You wouldn't see it. It'd be done. There'd be no flash of light, nothing. It would just all of a sudden, uh, gone. So, yeah. I mean, they're messing with Great. this kind of stuff. They're messing with this kind of stuff, and they Pray. shouldn't, but they are. Pray. I agree. They say that it's safe, though. I mean, we have to trust them. They say it's safe. They say all this is safe, but... There are scientists that are concerned about the competition. It's like the space race. I mean, we got bigger, better rockets. We're going to bigger and better places in space. Now we're doing with cork cannons. We have bigger and better cork cannons now. They fire with the power of a million stars, and they do so under Geneva. Imagine how they're going to do it under China. That's what I wanted to say, too, is that this, these kind of scientists you're, that you're referring to, that these, I'm sure these, these intergalactic space force scientists, you know, are freaking like, they're 20 years ahead anyway. They were 20 years ahead when, when we were 20 years behind or whatever. Yeah. I mean, what can I tell you? I mean, yeah, here we are. But yeah, I gave you the, I gave you the name. His name's astrophysicist Martin Reese talking about the X-17, which is the, the dark, it's, uh, it's the dark force, uh, finding the dark particles, what it is. They, they're not stopping. They want to find more. Exploration, you give them a little bit, they take a whole lot more. I mean, you want science to stop? Come on. Especially when it's dangerous science. They did it before with nuclear weapons. Now they're going to do it with the colliders. Competition, not for outer space, but for inner space and dimensional space. 877-733-1011. We'll be back. David Hahn, also known as the Radioactive Boy Scout, built a nuclear reactor in his mom's backyard out of common household items when he was 17. 
in the course of getting his atomic energy merit badge, he was very close to the point where he could actually create a tiny breeder reactor. I'm waking up to ash and dust. I wipe my brow and I sweat my wraps. I'm breathing in the chemicals. I'm radioactive, radioactive. A man who called them and said he had radio frequency burns. Radioactive, radioactive. What happens when you smash together atoms with ten times the force of the Large Hadron Collider? Well, we might get to find out in the year 2040. This is an emergency alert. Inbound nuclear missiles have been detected. You have approximately four minutes to find shelter. Communications have been severely disrupted. The number of casualties and the extent of the damage are not yet known. Stay tuned to this channel, stay calm, and stay indoors. This is not a test. This is not a test. This is not a test. Three minute warning. I remember when, I remember, I remember when I lost my mind. Something so pleasant about that place Even your emotions had an echo CERN has unveiled plans for a successor to their Large Hadron Collider And it's even larger I think you crazy The Atomic Energy Merit Badge says nothing about creating an actual breeder reactor But he decided that would be a good idea So he tried to amass the material He got caught uh, The authorities got wind of it It became a super fun site I'm Clyde Lewis listening to Ground Zero. The future is now. Competing colliders, nuclear reactors being made in backyards, and quantum capacitors being assembled in Ohio. All for the race to open up portals. All for the race of somehow time traveling. The longest time. The occult groups and those who are the shaman and others want to prop up what is known as consciousness, put us to a higher standard, they said, going into the realms that haven't been gone into, discovering that we have bubble upon bubble, slice upon slice of dimensions among us now. Time travel may be just the present travel, but you have different dimensions side by side where different realities are happening. So many things happening behind your back, so many things you see as you look forward. And this is what it's all about. Quantum physics, it's about jumping and leaping into the universe and coming back, knowing that you have traveled ahead in time or behind in time. And there have been many people that have been prepared for this for many years. 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. Let's go to Trevor in Utah. Hi, Trevor, you're on Ground Zero. Trevor, hi. hi right. Go ahead. Yes, go ahead. Hi. So, uh, so I've got this theory, right? I've been in a couple uh, different car accidents in my life, and each one of them were a rollover where I had a passenger in my uh, uh, passenger seat, and 
neither one of us was severely injured, but we should have died. Yeah. It, it, it was such a severe crash that both of us should have died. Mm-hmm. So my theory is that I actually did die in that timeline and that my consciousness was transferred to an alternate timeline. And I've noticed differences in my life ever since both crashes, uh, mainly in, in dream time, that lead me to believe that I have actually been transferred into a different uh, either dimension or timeline. You know, that's an so, interesting possibility. I've, I've wondered about that. You know, people die every day. And when they die here on this here in this timeline, they know they're about to. Some people know they're about to. But when they're immediately taken, like in an accident or something, I mean, how would you know? I remember, too, I was in uh, Springfield, Utah, actually. Or Payson. No, I was, was in Payson or was it Springfield? I can't remember. I was with an old girlfriend of mine, and we were in a car with her grandfather and grandmother. We were waiting to make a left turn, and a truck hit us. And I remember having it hit, and I wound up in the front seat, and so did my girlfriend at the time. And when we got out of the car, it was the most terrifying thing we ever saw. The back end of the car was where the front end of the car should be. And we should have been dead. We should have died in that accident, but we didn't. That's, and, that's pretty crazy because one of the accidents that I was speaking of, the rollover I was in with my stepbrother, I was driving, and we ended up in the median, mm-hmm. and we rolled over, and I ended up in his seat, in the passenger seat, on his lap. Right. And neither of us were wearing a seatbelt. Both of the uh, front windows were broken out, so we should have been ejected from the car. Right. And I feel like, and then there, the other one that I was in, I was with my girlfriend, uh, my current girlfriend. It's actually, she's my fiance. I've recent, recently just proposed to her. Um, but um, we ended up in a creek upside down. And I was buckled into my seat. And she actually unbuckled me from my seat when I came to. Like, I blacked out when we actually went off the road and into the creek. And then when I came to, I was basically drowning. And she unbuckled my seatbelt. And I came up, and we ended up getting out of the car miraculously because the the power was still going to the car and we were able to roll up the back window and swim out. But it was crazy because I felt like each time I was in some other dimension realm, some other, yeah, some other timeline. So do you, do you experience or do you somehow sense that there are slight differences in the timelines that you remember? Or do you just forget them and go to the next timeline? What are you, what are you telling me? No, the differences I, I notice are mainly in dream time, like between each of the uh, crashes, like um, the first one was probably in 2010, and then the last one was just last year. And mainly each time that I've uh, had this, this experience, I've uh, noticed differences in dream time. Mm-hmm. So I've had more vivid dreams. I've had dreams like apocalyptic dreams. I've had uh, dreams where I've been drowning and just more dreams that apply to real life and the current timeline that I'm in. 
Well, I would say that uh, I would make it a point if I were you to maybe take notes on things you see and notice. And maybe you see some quirks or changes that you didn't normally see or notice before. And see if you can put that to the test. Because if you can remember these things, I mean, you know, this would be, you know, deja vu on acid. It would be uh, a Mandela effect <laughs> on steroids. It would be the idea that maybe some things you remember, some things you don't remember because it was a blackout and then you were in some other dimension. I would, I, I mean, things yeah. like that do. I mean, traumatic experiences sometimes, you know. Uh, that's how walk-ins happen. I don't know if you've heard what a walk-in is. Is where one soul leaves the body, another one walks in. These things yeah, happen in yeah, traumatic times. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe in some traumatic instance. What was the movie called? Oh, I can't remember what the movie was called. Oh, Free Jack. Have you ever seen that film? I've never seen it. Free Jack is kind of like that idea. Is that uh, there? There were uh, uh, these guys that were uh, basically they would steal. Uh, souls, or they would steal bodies. They'd go back in time, and they they'd try to find a time when there was like a major accident. So what they did is they, they people would buy the bodies, so they'd buy the souls, so they could put them in their soul. So they'd hire these bounty hunters to go through time. And one was a guy that was a race car driver, and knew exactly where he was going to die because they knew in time they go back and they would pull his body out of the car before he hit. And everybody else thought he was dead because the car burst into flames and there was nothing left of him. But the reality was they pulled him out of that thing and he went into another dimension. It's interesting. You got to watch that movie. It's got Mick Jagger in it. Yeah. And Emilio right. Estevez. So I got, I got one more thing for you yeah. before I let you go. Yeah. So, okay. So say we're all able to do this. Say we're all able to just hop into a different timeline. Right. Uh, subconsciously. So if, if China has got this, you say they've got this Hadron Collider that's more powerful than CERN, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, they were to collapse our universe do you think that it would ripple across the infinite timelines and do you think that that ripple would cause a, Man- a mandela effect along those timelines it would collapse every timeline because we don't i would say it would because we don't know how our timeline or how our dimension is affecting the other dimension okay. and, I, and i would say that our dimensions whatever we do here affects the other dimensions as well it has so to be. You think that you think? Do you think that we've got the ability to actually collapse all of the infinite timelines? Yes, I do. Really? Mm-hmm. I do. Wow! Wow! With with just the power of uh, particle acceleration? Yeah, we need to. Under, you know what a particle acceler- the particle accelerators that you hear about are basically possess the power of neutron stars. Yeah. Uh, and they're exploding under our planet all, every time they fire them. Well, how many neutron stars are exploding across the universe at any given time? Don't know. That's infinite. But the idea of having it happen underneath the planet and having that somehow get unleashed, you know, they're able to contain it with, with cold. You know, they do it with the cold air. They keep the conditions super cold, so it would be super cold once it explodes. But then it's so quick... And, and, and we see how it affects the magnetic field. We see how it affects the magnetic core. I mean, they're experimenting with things, and they, and they have it all figured out that they can use these powerful slamming of the particles. But see, continuing to do so, you know, there's that theory that it weakens, that the, that the universe is a lot more fragile than we think, and it's weakening it. And, and so okay. that's the scary part, is that it may be weakening, and, and that's why we hear of things like our magnetic field slowing down. We hear about the planet maybe stopping in its tracks. These are things that are very real issues, and it's because of the fact they're doing these experiments. Well, my 
my question was more on a, a macrocosm, like uh, across yes. the infinite timeline and yes. infinite universes yes. that we have, that these, these overlapping bubbles, do you think that yes. with our, our small contribution, it could completely collapse all of those yes. bubbles and all of those timelines? Yes, because it's not small. <laughs> It's, oh, okay. It's All not right. small. So, we so, think so, it's small, so but it's not small. We need to. It's oh, hard to comprehend no, something that would be that uh, big of an explosion and that much power. I mean, we're talking neutron star. We're talking very powerful. Uh, if it ever got out and it wasn't contained properly, we would destroy our planet. It would be reduced to the size of a football field. We'd be done. Well, I understand that our planet would be destroyed. Right. But, but so the universe could collapse on itself. That's the theory. They had the same theory back when we set off the atomic bomb. They thought that uh, the atomic bomb would go up and burn the atmosphere and then burn into burn into the universe, and the universe would collapse. There's always that possibility. So your thought is that that because we make this decision that all the other timelines and all the other universes will make this decision at that no, we'll make the decision and they will one day wake up and go, why is this happening? Well, because some dimension on the other side of, you know, whatever is doing this and it's affecting us. But they, I, I, who knows if they'll come to that conclusion. And we don't know what kind of damage it'll do. But I think, yeah, there could be a chain reaction. We can see a whole bunch of universes go up with us if we screw up. Right. And, and but my thought is, it, could it just completely end all of existence? Yeah, I think so. Yes. Across the entire spectrum. Yes. Wow, that's that's a pretty that's a pretty heavy. That's a big responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. And yet people don't know that that's how powerful it is. It's hard to comprehend that much power, but they have that much power. That's why you have Shiva standing there, you know, the destroyer of worlds standing on the campus of CERN because they know exactly what happens if things go wrong. All right. One more question: Do you think that we could actually recover from that? That life could find a way. God could find a way. Of course. Well, I mean, yes, God is God is consciousness, consciousness. Right. We are God. Consciousness. God will find a way. And if we're living in a complex universe, the universe will rebuild. It's done it okay. before. Then, 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 OK, so let, there, let, there, let there be light, Trevor. Let there be light. That's the way it is. Eight seven 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 three three one zero one one. Out you go with light in you go with light. How it happens. It's the frequency. In the beginning was the word. We'll be back. All right, go through as many calls as we can. Let's go to Kenny in Oregon. Hi, Kenny. You're on Ground Zero. Hey, Clyde. How's it going? We've talked before. Yeah, go ahead. So, um, you know, I know I got a question to ask you. What, what um, flashcards did they give you? Uh, they gave me uh, uh, ink blots. They gave me uh, symbols that I didn't recognize. Uh, I think most of them were like uh, Cyrillic. I think they were like Russian, I think, uh, if I recall. Um, other symbols that were like uh, greater than or lesser than mathematic symbols, you know, the, the triangles that are greater than, lesser than. These were things that they wanted to know if I knew anything about them or if I knew anything of what they meant, plus symbols, equal symbols, uh, and, and if I could uh, identify what those were, too. Gotcha. So um, my dad was a construction worker. He was gone a lot, you know, um, um, by foreman. My mom had recently gone with Safeway doing long haul, and... Uh, they gave me flashcards too, you know, but they they would do words, mathematics. Eventually went to um, eventually went to shapes. But here's the gig: is like they would keep the same shapes in the same order for a long period of time, and she would make me guess eventually what the next shape was going to be. And every once in a while, 
she'd throw me for a loop, and she'd change one of them. Right. Well, it was funny. But, uh, uh, they they actually uh, gave me a flashcard. I remember this well because I remember it was the biggest screw-up, or maybe not it was a screw-up. I just felt really ashamed at first. They held up a flashcard, and it was a frying pan. And they said, what, does this be- what letter does this begin with? What letter does this begin with? And I said, S. And they said, S. I said, yeah. I said, well, this is a frying pan. It doesn't begin with the letter S. I go, it's a skillet. It begins with the letter S, I said. So when they showed me the card of the frying pan, I said it began with the letter S because I said it was a skillet and not gotcha. not a fr- frying pan. So they were really amazed at that. They said, well, skillet. You know, most kids would say frying pan. I said, no, skillet. It begins with the letter S. And so that's what really blew their minds is that somebody, I was really young, and when they had me say skillet, because they said, you know, it begins with the letter F, not the letter S. I said, no, it's a skillet, I said. So it really blew their minds. So did they, did they give you those blocks as well? Which blocks? So, imagine a square, okay, in kitty corner. If you're to draw a line kitty corner, one triangle would be red, one would be white. They have about 68 of them, and then make you put them in whatever order you wanted to. But it always came out to a geometric shape, and then they'd ask you what's going through your mind while you were making the shape. They did something that was aptitude-wise, that they had us uh, take the shapes... Try and put them in uh, cut-out areas, and then there was one where they wanted us to take washers and put them with bolts and then put them together with another nut, and they timed us to see how many we could put together in an amount of time. Huh. They did ap- it was called an aptitude, uh, mental and, and a- physical aptitude is what they gave us. So, yeah, there, were, there was a lot of strange things that they did that, uh, you know, and, and quite frankly, uh, they never told me if I passed. They never told me if I was good at it. They never told me anything. They just said it was very interesting, the choices I made, and, and, and that was, uh, you know, that was what happened, and it was really bizarre. Hey, I want to remind everybody, we're going to be at the Hawthorne Hideaway. We'd love to see you there for the Krampus party. you got to be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, 2221 Southeast Hawthorne. That's 2221 uh, Southeast Hawthorne. We'd love to see you there at the at the get together. It'd be really great because we have a great time every year. That's right. I'm sorry, it's a uh, it's uh, yeah, it's Southeast Hawthorne. 2221 Southeast Hawthorne. 2221 Southeast Hawthorne. We'll see you tomorrow at seven at the Krampus party. Good night, everybody. Attention all Ground Zero radio fans. GroundZeroMerch.com is your one-stop shop for all things Ground Zero. Oh, wow. Show off your style with our exclusive collection of T-shirts and hoodies. They're not just comfortable, they're conversation starters. Need to keep hydrated during those long listen sessions. Get your hands on our durable water bottles. And now introducing our latest additions, a hand-picked selection of intriguing books that will keep your mind buzzing. GroundZeroMerch.com. Support Ground Zero and everything we do.